Need more energy throughout the day? Looking for a kick to your workout? RockinThatIDLife.com has you covered with delicious flavors you've grown to love in tropical fruit and mixed berry, but now fall in love with the new fruit punch and orange flavors. Try them all at RockinThatIDLife.com. Realtor Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage LLC makes the moving process easier. Work with a realtor who plays and studies the game and will work as hard as the boys on the ice to get you the best deal. Check out Mike on the web at strikewithmike.com and jumpstart your move today. That's strikewithmike.com. This is Let's Go Blues Radio starring Jeff Ponder and two other guys. What is the worst goal you feel like you have ever given up in your career? Oh, I got to pick just one. There's so uh, <laughs> just one. How about, okay, let me, let me. Uh... Cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, <laughs> overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing. amazing how in the morning I'd wake up and I couldn't find my toothbrush and then I realized it was floating in the back of the toilet and then I put one and one together and I knew who did it. <laughs> I was Gilmore. When a guy misses a slap shot, the first thing he does is look at his stick. <laughs> yeah, it really has nothing to do with the stick. Now the girls won't do that. The girls will internalize. They'll blame themselves when there's a mistake. Well, guys have Jokin it came down from, from uh, I believe it was the LA Kings we were affiliated with at the time. And the guy just had just a, just a rotten attitude. Never thought highly of him, uh, you know, from that standpoint. So, yeah. Welcome to episode 10 of season 12. This is episode number 419 all time of the often imitated, never duplicated, nobody makes me bleed my own blood. We're the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Special thanks to our sponsors, RockinThenIDLife.com, StrikeWithMike.com, and CenterIceBrewery.com for proudly sponsoring the show. Please check them out. Also, don't forget to check out our t-shirt shop at Let'sGoBlues.com for some well-designed and fairly priced blues-themed t-shirts. It's Thursday, June 29th. We're streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter to interact with the show on social media. Our handle on all social channels is LGB Radio. Just search for us. You'll find us. And if you haven't already done so, please like, follow, subscribe, ring the bell, buy a T-shirt from our shop, buy a time slot on public access television, and recap each Let's Go Blues Radio episode, or do whatever you can do to help us out. I'm your host, Jeff Ponder, and I'm joined by the always-on-display on your screen, he will stay the sunshine of your day, Bill Day, as well as the never nice, don't tell him twice, almost as cool as Jerry Rice, Kurt Price. <laughs> Producer Austin is on assignment. I'm thinking about becoming like a fight promoter, so that's why I uh, had to go with the rhyming tonight, boys. I like it. I like it. All right. Better, better than Austin's chat GPT stuff, I think. <laughs> yes, 100%. Uh, the agenda for tonight's uh, show includes discussion about everything going on with the St. Louis Blues, including trades, non-trades, draft picks, returning players to the organization, all that and more on this pish-posh, mishmash episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. We are live, as I said tonight. We are welcomed to have Mr. Bill Day and Mr. Kirk Price. Uh, good to have you guys back tonight as we talk some very real St. Louis Blues hockey tonight. You're welcomed. Happy to be here. Hope it's not the team. 
<laughs> I just I just had to flip you guys. I had to put Kurt first because uh, I know that's how Kurt likes it. He gets upset if he's on the bottom. That's uh, that's not true. Let's work on the bottom. Are you, so you're saying you're if you're on the bottom, you're the power bottom. Uh, no, I'm saying I'm lazy. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm a power bottom. <laughs> it takes oh, a special boy. skill to do all the work on the bottom. <laughs> it really does. It really does. I don't have it. I'm totally messing around. Um, looks like uh, we got some good S- uh, St. Louis City stuff going here. First of all, Bill, you got your nice banner up. I've, I'll show my beer of the episode here in a minute, but if you can see that, nice uh, little laser engraved uh, uh, City SC um, mug that I got from Soulard Farmer's Market. So, City won a game. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah, scored some goals. Yeah. It was, it was well... Scored two goals, right? It was two to one. That right? counts as some, yeah. I think. Yeah. I'm trying to yeah, open it's... up this. I've been looking for a, a bottle opener for the past five minutes, and I could not find one. And I'm uh, I opened a bottle with a a pair of uh, staple remover. Nice. <laughs> We're here. Nicely Take done. mine. Oh, thanks. Yeah, mine's also mm. a flashlight. Ah, oh, thanks. Mm. Blimey. Do you have a Do you have a pen that is also a clock? <laughs> you turn it around; it's also a clock. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Great reference. Uh, so, uh, going into the show, we do have a couple of announcements. Uh, first of all, uh, I do want to announce that I will be co-hosting the Puck Podcast with Eddie Garcia next week. Um, we are scheduled to do it next Thursday. Uh, but there's a good chance that we might move that up if there's a lot of crazy free agency uh, this weekend. So if you are a fan of me and Hockey Talk and the Puck Podcast, boy, do you have a week coming for you next week. How many people fit inside that portion of the Venn diagram? Fans of you, Hockey, and the Puck Podcast. There's got to be three, three, three or four Garcia. people at least, right? I was going to say, it's, it's probably me and Eddie Garcia. They were the only <laughs> two people. <laughs> well it's good to know you started liking yourself again i did i did yeah I, very deserving um i know i saw we've got some chatter on the uh the youtube when i went, looked at youtube but on our platform i'm not seeing it pop up yeah so i'm not sure what the you deal is there broke it yeah uh austin probably broke it right that's my guess it is streaming mm-hmm. to the youtube channel right yeah, I, I looked. It was, and I saw. I think it was Matt Harris had a comment as the show was going live, but I turned that off so I could not be bothered by YouTube. But you tell me, Kurt. Looks like you're looking right now. I am looking, and uh, pull it up. And yeah, I you're correct. There is a discussion in the chat, but not not in our platform here. Okay, and oh, well. we are showing us live on there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yes, we are. Okay, well, sorry, folks. Uh, I guess we could keep that up and just kind of, you know, like we used to show the, um, just mention what people are saying in the chat. But uh, we just leave it like this. We'll be able to show it. Yeah, that doesn't do anything. I, I know. But if we leave it like that, they would pop up automatically. You know, we should try Will this sometime. Yeah. New comments People, start split. commenting. Leave it, leave it on for a minute. No, let's no, no. Make, I, let's see if that works. No, I mean, if they were showing up here, then they would show ah. up here automatically. 
Ah, okay. The chat overlay. Well, yeah, toggle. we've never done that before. No, we don't. We don't trust people. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> to, to behave themselves. That's true. We so, do not. Uh, well, it's it's not really a kid, that much of a kid friendly show, but not really, not at all. Although I do know of children that listen to this. One of my favorite stories. I, yes, I don't know I, if I've, I don't know if I've told it on here or not, but uh, listener Leon, years ago, his kids. Uh, I think he's fourteen or fifteen now. Um, years ago, he was listening to the show in the car, and I guess I was going off on some rant. Surprise, surprise! And I dropped the f bomb a couple times, and I guess his son says out loud he just goes god ponder watch your mouth (laughs) (laughs) language yep language (laughs) uh do also want to mention at the top of the show uh for those of you that can see oh hey i'm seeing youtube chats now oh yep at least one so that's good yeah well that's i know that's not gonna well it says new comments (laughs) will display here so we'll see if they pop up all right now people start commenting let's see uh let's see if, if we'll see those pop up there but, um, yeah, we got one here from the Meeker. He says, hi, guys. Hope everyone is well and having a great summer. Um, we are, as far as I know. Uh, but I do want to get at the top of the show mentioned here. Uh, I am wearing my Minnesota Whitecaps uh, Christmas jersey because I love this thing. If you watch the episode we had Amanda Levier on uh, recently, we talked about how awesome this jersey is. So I'm glad I bought it last year because unfortunate news for – fans of the PHF, but I think good news for fans of women's hockey, uh, the PHF is no more. Uh, it was officially a buyout by the PWHA, which is the Professional Women's Hockey Association. So that is the top tier of women's hockey. That is the Hillary Knights, the the Spooners, the Kessels. Um, I believe they're all part of that. Uh, so it's unfortunate that Teams like the Whitecaps may longer no longer exist. We may not have the PHF anymore. But, um, again, good news for women's hockey. Um, and I think overall, this is a good step towards – hey, there we go. See in the chat now. But, yeah, good step towards making a unified front for women's hockey. Although our logo covers it. So, there's that. We can always turn the logo off. Yep. Um, more of that girl says family friendly or not safe for work content. I can manage either. There. Ah, who knows? All right. Official beers of the episode. Um, and well, let me close my last thought. Uh, Lev, if you're listening, we love you. Can't wait to see what you do next. Again, I've said it before. My favorite guest we've ever had on the show. And that's saying a lot. So, uh, can't wait to see what you do next. Lev. Here's to you and, and your teammates. Uh, so beers of the episode tonight of number 419. Uh, you can follow each of us on the Untapped app. Uh, Kurt C. Price 12. Jeff, me, is jponner94. And Bill is at billyblueNote33. Why don't we start with eeny, meeny, miny, mo? Let's start with Kurt. See that? I'm drinking a terrible beer. Mm, that is a terrible O'Fallon beer. Gummies. O'Fallon gummy beer. Uh, the strawberry lemonade flavor, and it is it is not good. You, I, you know, I, I, and it was in my fridge. I and I was, I brought down some pretzel wheat that Amy left here, who was in the chat, and she's probably like, well, she's he's drinking my beer, but um, yeah, and I decided for some reason to open this one instead to kind of get rid of it 
and it's more of a summery beer than the uh, the pretzel wheat. And yeah, it, I mean, if anybody else like, doesn't um, doesn't Winning Unlimited like yes the gummy beer? I think he was the one that originally told both you he, and I to try he it, is, and he we is. both hated it. It's, I, I don't like. Bill, it. have you have you had it, Bill? I've not. <laughs> I've not. You don't need to. I yeah I I will probably you know it, it, you know, next time I'm at Kurtz there will probably be one left and I'll grab it. It is. I mean, it, it, this is how this is the color too. It's like it's yeah. kind of pink, it's, right? Well, it's, pinkish red. Yeah. Very very uh, fruityish. Yeah, I mean. I don't get me wrong. I'm a fan of the lemon summer beers, but this this is not 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 very good. Sorry, O'Fallon. Yeah, I not, like a lot of other stuff, just not this one. Yeah, and not to belabor, this is supposed to be a short segment, and we're already like ten minutes over. But <laughs> did you guys see that O'Fallon had to file bankruptcy? Mm-hmm. But no, I did not they, see that. They are not. They're they are you know going through like. A bankruptcy, but they are not ceasing operation. The last I heard, so, not that I've stayed that's, up with it, but yeah, that's uh, that's sad to hear. I love yeah. O'Fallon, yeah, great local, one of the great local ones. So, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Mr. Bill Day, what are you drinking tonight? So, I, I have beer with ice in it. Um, you hear, <laughs> what? I think I need to take away your beer card, sir. I I know people that that drink wine with ice in it, and I make fun of them. Yeah, no, it's it's a cocktail. It's it's a gin Rattler cocktail, Uh, urban chestnut tangerine Rattler, uh, with uh, some Hendrix gin in it. I almost picked that up the other day. So, do you recommend? Is it good? Yeah, yeah. I I think I like um, the the big shark stuff better as Rattlers go. and uh but this is really good throw in some gin like i i used to absolutely be you know just disgusted by the thought of gin but it is actually a good staple for summer cocktails i tell you what what i i uh cool i used to hate gin as well the only time i drink gin was gin and tonic uh as i've gotten older i've become a little bit more of a gin man um Still like whiskey. Whiskey's good, but yeah. uh, I've fallen off the vodka wagon. Just I don't know. It just doesn't. It doesn't add much flavor to me for anything these days. It used to be my go-to when I was a kid. I, I say kid, twenty-one, twenty-two. Um, can't drink tequila. Just makes me do crazy things. Never drink tequila ever unless it's in a margarita. Uh, but gin, I don't know. I've I've become friends with gin the last couple of years. Yeah, yep. It's uh, it's definitely grown on me. Uh, another another really good one. Um, the um, aviator cocktail. Yes. Or is it called the? Or is that? I, I've always screwed up because you know, um, uh, Ryan Reynolds went and made uh, gin and called it aviation. The, aviation. Yeah. So it's yes. the aviator cocktail. Yeah. yeah with that's a good uh, one. with the um. Yeah, the the purple, um, the lilac, the lavender uh, liqueur, really, yeah. really good. Love it. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, so speaking of good stuff, uh, I am drinking my one of my favorite summer go tos, the Schlafly Summer Lager, uh, which is just, I mean, it, I mean, that's just that's just delightful. That can, I mean, uh, we talk about the can art, 
this is very simple, but just so delightful, and it just fits the taste of the beer, if that makes sense. And, of course, as I said, I've got two of these bad boys in here <laughs> uh, in my giant 32-ounce. I mean, look at I got a huge head. Look at how that compares to my head. That still looks pretty big. So, love it. Sular Farmer's Market. Great pickup. Uh, let's see, folks. Let's So, uh, I guess we can get into it. So, we've got a lot to cover tonight, guys. There's a lot going on. Blues trades, as I said, blues draft picks, other news around the organization. But let's lead off talking about something that I mentioned in last week's show, uh, but even said, I don't know if you guys heard it, I wanted to wait to talk about it because I wanted you guys to be able to comment on this because I know this was a big deal for all three of us. Uh, Ken Hitchcock and Pierre Turgeon have joined the Hockey Hall of Fame induction class for 2023. Uh, So they also join, as I said last week, uh, Henrik Lundqvist, Pierre Lacroix, Caroline Ouellet and, and Mike Vernon uh, will be officially. I, I did not put Tom Barrasso in there, but Tom Barrasso is also part of that class. Blues legend. Tom yes, Barrasso. exactly. I haven't had that in here. Uh, just his career with the Blues. <laughs> one back-to-back uh, cups with Pittsburgh and all that. But who cares about that? He was a Blues legend, guys. You said Turgeon. What we all remember. You said Turgeon's name wrong. Pierre Turgeon is Pierre Turgeon. Yeah. You have uh, to there's say a it like great... a dying goose. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a I can't remember the game. It's over there. I could go get it, but I'm not going to. There was an old PS1 game. It was called like it was their answered NBA Jam. It was called like NHL Face Off, maybe NHL Hits. No, it wasn't uh, NHL Hits. It, it was hits? two on. It's not. That's not the one I'm thinking of. There yeah. was one they released. It was not a big release. It didn't even have the the team buy in. It just had the team colors and the player yeah. names. So yeah. it did, you couldn't even, like, it didn't have the logos or anything. I think it was called NHL NHL Drop-In, NHL Face-Off, something like that, where it was two-on-two. It was NBA Jam style. And, and NHL it was Blitz, right. So was that football? No, that was that NFL was, Blitz. That was football, yeah. I don't know. If I'll grab it at break. I'll grab it at break. It's sitting right over there. Um, but anyway, uh, they had, it was uh, the three pl- blues you could choose from. It was... Um, Hull, Turgeon, and Kravchuk, and which I don't know why it was Igor Kravchuk, but okay. Um, the way the announcer said Turgeon, he he would say Toyjan, oh. and every time he'd score, he would go goal St. Louis Toyjan, <laughs> and I'm like, that's not even close. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> um, Must have anyway. thought it was Cajun. Yes. So, uh, Terjean played with the Blues for parts of five seasons, scored 355 points in 327 games with the Blues. So how about that? He was over a point a game for the St. Louis Blues, which I actually did not even realize. Uh, he's 16th in points in the Blues uh, franchise. Uh, franchise Career, 1,294 games across 19 seasons, recorded 515 goals and 812 assists for 1,327 points. Uh, his career points rank 34th. NHL history. I know we have all talked about it on this show. Uh, why is he not in the Hall of Fame? Boise he finally made it. I think this is a, a nice win for uh, Pierre Turgeon. I think uh, it's something. I think he's been eligible since 2010. I'm shocked it took so long for him to get in. Uh, yeah, uh, there was. It was weird to see some pushback 
on on Turgeon getting in. Uh, like some folks didn't think he deserved it. Like some folks, oh well, it's become this is becoming the the hall of the very good. You know how that's 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 always said. But uh, yeah, I, I don't get it at all. I mean, he's a he's he's got the numbers, and I mean, he doesn't have the cup, right? But right. But that, that, that people point out that saying that well, he never won a cup. He never won, and I was like, well. You know, I've never thought it was fair to tie uh, a team achievement to a personal uh, accomplishment like the Hall of Fame because it's not Turgeon's fault that he was never a part of a team that could get it done. You know, I mean, short of being a goalie that you put on your back, uh, to put a team on your back and just carry them through a couple of rounds uh, to, to win a cup or something, I mean, where, where that's possible with a goalie, it's so much more almost impossible for an individual player to do that. Um, but I, I, I don't think it matters to me whatsoever if someone has won a cup for them to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he was prolific everywhere he played. Yeah, right? Buffalo, right? I mean, you could you can make a case for him for most of the teams he played for, you know, to be, you know, one of their all time greats, right? The the summer series, right? Where I'm sure he got a lot of traction with us, right? So. You're right, Kurt. Not having the cup shouldn't be the enough of a detractor from keeping him from going to the Hall of Fame. So yeah, I mean, it's not- so my my thoughts on that, and and I agree for the most part. Um, but we actually had, I think we had this discussion about Kachuk uh, recently, where I don't think it should be something that should keep a player from getting in. I agree with that sense, but I will say I do use it the other way. When I'm like a player is teetering, is he a Hall of Famer? Is he not? That is one thing that I'll say, okay, a Stanley Cup, that might push him over into the, yes, he's a Hall of Famer. And I, I'm okay with that because that to me is like, that's just one more factor that gets that person in. But I will agree that, and maybe it's unfair to say that, that I don't think you can use that as a basis. Well, he didn't win a cup, so he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. I don't think that's fair. I I, I agree with that. That I, I, uh, case by case basis, right? You know mm-hmm. that that that's that's a, a good a good example to use for not just looking at a guy's numbers necessarily to actually look at to actually have watched them play. And you know, if a guy does really significantly you know, uh, contribute to helping a team win multiple cups. And he's a huge factor in that. Yeah, I get it. I mean, that's, uh, that's fair. But now, now Pat Maroon, when, <laughs> winning win a few cups. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine that case? Pat Maroon should be <laughs> no. in the hall of fame because he's won three cups. Yeah. See, well, no. yeah, if you're going to say that about Turgeon where he shouldn't get in, uh, because he hasn't won a cup, well, Maroon's won three and, yep. I mean, does he get in? Well, no, he wouldn't. No, not Bruin. Well, why not? He's won three cups. That's more than most players ever win. Mm-hmm. Uh, very That's few true. have won three cups. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. Either way, I'm, I'm, I've said it before. Pierre Turgeon to me, and I, I had somebody call me out a little bit on this. That I said on Twitter that he's almost a forgotten Blues legend, and I, I actually believe that. I, that wasn't just me trying to get likes or retweets or whatever. Like, I, I think a lot of people. Remember, like they say, like, oh, yeah, Blue's greats. And, you know, maybe his name comes up in the top 10 or 15 players they list. But his time here, he was fucking prolific. Yeah. Um, 
Scott Young doesn't score 40 goals without that man. Oh, hell no. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if Scott Young – I love Scott Young. Don't get me wrong. I own his jersey. I don't know if Scott Young gets 30 goals without Pierre Turgeon. Um, I don't know if Scott Pellerin puts up the points he put up. I don't think Dallas Drake is as much of an impact in the time he was here with Turgeon. Like, there's so many factors that lead to Pierre Turgeon is one of those players that made his line mates better. And And I loved watching him play. Would anybody know the name Ricard Pearson without Pierre Turgeon? Here's a good example of uh, how good Turgeon was. For the and before the Blues and with the Blues, uh, our you know my cousin and uh, Bill's friend, uh, he does not like the Blues. He hates the Blues. Uh, when the Blues acquired Turgeon, uh, he didn't tell me this at the time, but after Turgeon left the Blues, uh, he said when Turgeon came to St. Louis, I was pissed. I was not happy because you know I was like, oh, that's going to be the guy that that puts them over the top and and helps them get a cup because he didn't want to. You know, he didn't. He wasn't a Blues man. So. Um, so that you know, he had the utmost respect for Turgeon, and he was mad that the Blues got him. Uh, so that yeah, that kind of after after he failed in Montreal specifically, right? Right. So yeah, right. failed failed to win a cup at Montreal, right? Yeah. Right. Right. But but, but but as hard as it is to win in Montreal, as far as the pressure goes, you know, I don't know, I don't know if that's even fair. What I mean, what? How were his Montreal teams, Turgeons? How good were they? Well, pretty mo- mediocre, right? No, they were. I mean, no Canadian teams won since '93, and he got yeah. there what the the following year. I think or so. Two years later, and he was, you know, uh, Montreal could never recover from the Patrick Waugh fiasco, right? And yeah. that's, yeah. you know, that you can argue that Canada hasn't recovered since. I was just going to say a, that Stanley Cup. <laughs> in all that time and um yeah so canada has so are you saying there's a patrick Waugh curse on canada yes yes <laughs> you it's can't all, say you can't say a curse because fault. edmonton won it without him right yeah that's true um and montreal so, uh, beat him for the last one so that's true yeah. yeah that's true uh so uh also ken hitchcock i want to ask bill about this first uh, he is number two in franchise games, 413, and wins 248. Head coach of the Blues for six seasons in his career, almost too shy of 1,600 games across 23 years. He had his lone Stanley Cup win in 1999. Let me ask you guys this. We talk about Stanley Cups for players. Does Stanley Cups matters for coaches? Yes. Um. Yeah, well, it matters, sure. I mean, does zero cups mean you don't get in? Is it a bigger importance for coaches than it is for players? Let's ask that. I'd say, yeah. I think so, too. Because, you're, I mean, as a player, your job is to go on the ice and produce as a, you know, and, and hopefully help the team win. As a coach, your job is to win, right? Yeah, so, true. I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't matter how. It doesn't matter, you know, just win. Just win. Yeah. So, and I, yeah, I, I think we've, it's been a mixed bag with uh, us and Hitchcock, you know, when he was here, um, I know he caught a lot of flack. Uh, I, I think I was less harsh uh, on him than maybe you guys were. I know Bill was not a fan. <laughs> That's why I wanted to ask Bill first. Yeah. So, I mean, I, Bill, I think you can appreciate his accomplishments, but I know as a blues coach, you were probably tired of him before 
a lot of people were. Um, yeah, sorry, a little family drama going on here, so having to jump on and off the mute, but, uh, the, uh, yeah, um, my favorite thing about Ken Hitchcock is, uh, the jokes that Shorzy, uh, has, uh, is promulgated, uh, with Mm -hmm. the character Ken Hitchcock or 10 inch cock, whatever. (laughs) I, I never thought that the entire time he was here and, uh, Jared (laughs) Kiso right to yep to point out the obvious that we missed for uh way too long um yeah no I, I i mean the the man had a long long um you know coaching career uh whl before coming to the nhl you know um he he was uh a, a brilliant coach um you know that uh made his way to the nhl and stuck around forever and, uh, you know, his opinion still very, very highly valued. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I just, I knew he was never going to get us over the hump and thought we stuck with him way too long here. Um, that's, that's my gripe with him, but, uh, you know, I can't argue with a guy who, who can go, you know, 20 years in a league. Um, especially a guy, a late bloomer, right? He, he was, you know, he was probably, you know, what, in his 50s when he got to the NHL as a coach and, you know, not. I want to say 46 because I remember a story coming out about that. Yeah. Let's see if I can find out here. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he, he, you know, he he had a lot of longevity that I would have never predicted, Um, you know. But, uh, yeah. He was was only our – head coach for four full seasons and parts of two others when he replaced David Payne and then he was coached for four seasons. Then he, the season where yo was replaced him. So, um, records, uh, let's see, uh, after taking over Payne 43, 15, 11, then his next season was 29, 17 and two, uh, and then 52, 23 and seven, then 51, 24 and seven then 49, 24 and nine. And then the uh, last portion, 24, 21, and 5. So, yeah. I mean, no, yeah, he, he regular was, season success, he was, he was he was great. Right. But, right. but yeah, the playoffs, yeah. Yeah. The the quote that will always stick with me, um, you know, that was his, after we got eliminated um, in, in the first round, he's like, um, yeah, I'm going to need a couple weeks to figure out what happened. And, uh, you know, it's like, that's why you don't win now. Because it takes yeah. you a couple of weeks to figure out what happened. So. Yep, I agree. Uh, but, he was uh, 45 when he started coaching, by the way. In the NHL. Uh, in the NHL, yeah. He was an assistant yeah. for the Flyers. Then he went to uh, like Kalamazoo or something. And then he came here or came to the Stars in, in, at the age of 45, which is a little later than a lot of coaches right. start. So Berube, okay, so took over for Yo, right? And now he's been the coach for four full seasons. And so if if his track tenure follows the same path as Hitchcock, he'll be fired partway into the season. Right. <laughs> and that could happen. It could. I mean, yeah. could, you know, if the team sucks. I mean, if, if it's not, doesn't meet expectations, you never know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's not, uh, let's not front run later content. And speaking <laughs> of later content, we should probably start getting there. 
Yeah. There you go. Look at this guy, the Segway King, Mr. Bill Day. It's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? I was two minutes off, but I, see that. I had to get it in. Uh, well, uh, as I said, there is a lot to talk about here with the Blues. Uh, we'll talk about the Tory Krug fiasco, the Kevin Hayes trade, and uh, plenty of other things on the other side of this break from our amazing sponsors. You are listening to Bill Day, Kurt Price, and Jeff Ponder on Let's Go Blues Radio. We'll return after these messages. Every beer league hockey night, I grab my hockey bag and sticks and throw them in the trunk of my car. And the very next thing I do, I mix up a boost of energy courtesy of RockinThatIDLife.com. It's formulated to break up its delivery in three ways, which helps me get through all three periods of hockey. Phase one provides a rapid onset of energy, concentration, alertness, and motivation. By period two, I'm receiving a dose of sustained energy, increased focus, metabolism, cognitive function, performance, and feelings of well-being, which I need with the way I play. In Phase 3, I'm getting fatigue protection without jitters and crash, an elevated mood and a reduction of fluid retention to help me make the big play when it counts. This same triphasic approach helps me when I drink it during work hours or simply just for a pick-me-up when I need it. Try one of the four energy flavors by visiting rockinthatidlife.com, but make sure to email Dustin at rockinthatidlife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you to receive an additional 10% off your order. That's rockinthatidlife.com. Center Ice Brewery is a beer lover's dream for hockey fans. Based in St. Louis, Missouri, owner Steve Albers has been brewing hockey-themed favorites for thirsty sports fans since 2017. From the Beauty IPA to the Old Arena Lager, a cold, frosty, hockey-themed beer is just what the doctor ordered for hockey fans in St. Louis. Make sure to check your local beer store for Center Ice Brewery beer today. LGB. Let's go beer. During the magical 2019 playoff run, I was in the midst of buying my current home. Every time I spoke with my realtor, obviously, home buying was the discussion. But in the back of my mind, I couldn't stop thinking about what was destined to happen for our St. Louis hockey team. If only there were a realtor who could have walked me through the process, held my hand when needed, but was there to be a sounding board when I wanted to complain about a certain hand pass goal. Let realtor Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage be that for you. He'll have your needs top of mind as he skates you through the home buying or selling process, dangling you past any obstacles, and assisting on all your home goals. Check out strikewithmike.com for more information or give him a call directly at 314-753-4060. That's Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage at strikewithmike.com and that number again is 314-753-4060. Don't forget to tell Mike that Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And now, back to Let's Go Blues Radio, the longest-running St. Louis Blues podcast with Price, Ponder, and Day. During break, uh, Stephen Ground, who's been on the show a lot this summer, uh, messaged me and asked if I would help him co-host Two Guys, One Cup next week. I got to tell you, I'm I'm in high demand here, boys. (laughs) Two Guys, One Cup podcast, I mean... People like me. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, well, uh, uh, who, uh, uh, 
well, uh, who made number two on Dan Riley's list? I mean, that'd be me. I saw that. How about <laughs> that? Ooh. That was funny. <laughs> I'll admit, I have uh, I have taken a major step back in social media. I I don't want to get on my soapbox here, but I am just so tired. And we saw it a lot this weekend with the draft. I am so tired of people speaking so matter of fact with their opinions. We'll talk about the draft here in a minute, but a great example was after the, uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank on who the two teams were. I want to say one of them was Arizona, but two teams that picked ahead of the Blues picked two defensemen that we talked about many times on this show. And every draft person I spoke with was like, Blues should not take a defenseman. There shouldn't be a defenseman taken in the top 10. Uh, maybe one. There was two. And people were commenting on Rutherford saying Blues figuring out what to do with their upcoming pick. And somebody commented and said uh, they need a defenseman. If they don't take a defenseman, they're stupid. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, this kid is not playing next year. You don't know where they're going to be in two to three years when this kid's ready. Like, is don't there a Drew Doughty like you... right now? No, there's not. Yeah, like, don't speak. Even Drew Doughty, did he come right into the NHL? Yeah, first year he did. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, he did. Okay, well. You're muted. You're muted, Bill. You're you're more likely to have a <laughs> Zach Bogosian than a Drew Doughty, right? Right. Like, they were in the same draft, right? But yeah. so yeah. was Petro, and so was um, Tyler Myers, and there's another one in there. Um, but yeah, yeah that draft, it was Stamkos, Doughty, um, Bogosian, Petro. I like, I like how uh, our current need on the the on the uh, active roster for the Blues, uh, people think you know in the second round or whatever, even the first round, that we should be drafting to fill that need at pick number twenty five or whatever. Right, and right. it's like that pick might be here in a couple of two three years, right? So, and that may not be you you you're drafting for organizational depth a lot of times too like yep. gosh we are really thin uh in the ahl uh at whatever at defense or whatever and so we need to draft uh to fill that maybe but don't 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 draft it don't don't draft to fill a spot on the on the active roster because right. that's and that's weird because that's not gonna happen for a few years it won't be here for a few years I remember when Barrick Schwarz, which is a, a an example of of a, if a team needed a goalie at that time, if they were like, oh, with our number four pick, we need a goalie, let's pick Merrick Schwarz because he's supposed to be in the top five. He ended up dropping to the Blues, whatever year that was. That was like 14, I think they picked, mm -hmm. or whatever number it was. And I remember the announcers even saying in that draft, he fell in the Blues' lap, he was the best available, they don't need a goalie right now. Like, this is a trade pick. This is a pick. They pick the guy because he's the best available. In two years, they can probably move him and get something good. You can use, like, you can move him whenever. And that's the thing that Armstrong has talked about. He's talked about, you know, you acquire assets, and a lot of times you pick the best available. Even if you don't need have a need for that position in your organization, now you have uh, an overflow, maybe, and you can deal it to then – uh, fill a need elsewhere. All of your assets, whether they be picks or drafted players, they're tradable, and you can then acquire pieces you need by moving those. The Blues have done that a lot. 
So I don't understand. Yep. I don't, you know, people, the Blues will draft somebody they don't think that we need on the the uh, at the pro level, and they'll look upset. I'm like, but we might need him in the AHL, uh, and in a few years we might need him up here. It's just so silly uh, well, to get so worked up over over uh, the the position that we draft or the handed that they are yeah well, well yeah we'll we'll get all into that a little later <laughs> when we talk about the draft but yeah i mean it go back to social media where it's us talking about i if if you follow me you've noticed probably the last six months or so i have been way less active and i'll admit my life has been much happier because i haven't had to deal with the fucking stupidity and i'm just it's so much better i'll say getting on there for events like the draft was fun but for me it's like when I used to do the the game day tweeting like throughout the game and just seeing like, you know, they need to pull Bennington, he looks awful. And it's like he's letting one goal on 14 shots, you know, and the defense is awful. They're telling me they need to, don't speak so matter of factly. You don't fucking know. You clearly don't understand hockey. So that's the kind of shit. I'm just like, I'm so done with social media. See, it's and that's I'm with you. And the offseason, I don't I don't post as much i mean i'll go through ups and downs but a, a right. day or two i might just be a conversation i'm having but generally speaking not near as much as during the season i get back on there during the season just because but um i i no, i'm with you i agree with you it's it's yeah. it's a it's a shit show of shit on top of shit it's just well bad. and it actually, adam wainwright what... adam wainwright couldn't take it anymore so yeah, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I've had the thought before of getting rid of my account and just tweeting from the Let's Go Blues Radio account. Like, that's yeah. going to be my account, Kurt. I'm taking it over. You know, and right. I thought about you know, talking to you about that because I'm so tired of it. Yeah. Well, they, I haven't done it yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, but what, no, what we're. Follow me if you want my daily Wordle update. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do see Bill's daily Wordle. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, well, and what we're talking about now actually does bleed in a little bit, I'm sure. We're going to talk what we're going to talk about here because this was a big social media event that happened on Saturday afternoon. So, if you're a Blues fan, unless you've been uh, hiding under a rock with your hand your fingers in your ears, uh, you know about the Tory Krug trade fiasco. So, on Saturday afternoon, it was leaked that a blockbuster trade between the Blues and Flyers was going to happen, but it just was not finalized yet. <laughs> Pieces uh, rumored to be involved from the Blues side included Krug and even Jordan Cairo. From the Flyers, the rumors were ranged from Kevin Hayes, which sounded like that was kind of the basis of the deal, which is weird to say uh, when you say Jordan Cairo maybe was involved. Uh, Travis Sanheim, and then maybe even that seventh overall pick was in play. One leak suggested there were even seven total players involved. Uh, It was reported early on that the holdup was a player not waiving his no trade clause. Uh, and, and that was like almost immediate. We saw that. So some people were speculating, maybe that was Kevin Hayes, but, um, I think it was pretty clear. That's not the case. I think he's seems like he's pretty unhappy in Philly. So later it was revealed. It was a blues defenseman. Uh, so once that happened, Jeremy Rutherford and a couple other guys started, I think actually reaching out to those players and said, Hey, were you asked to get traded to Philadelphia? And slowly leaks started coming out that Colton Pareko, Justin Falk, and Nick Letty were never asked to waive their no-trade clause. So it was pretty damn clear who it was. It was Tory Krug. Uh, more leaks suggested that the Flyers wanted Krug to reshape their defense. Uh, but after he refused to waive his no-trade clause, the goal became to try and find a team that could flip Krug to. 
Rumors suggested Florida, Carolina, the Islanders, and Boston were potential suitors, but nothing came to fruition, and the deal was dead uh, pretty much the next day. We'll talk about the deal that ends up getting made with the Blues here in a minute. Um, but rumors were even speculating that R- Armstrong was also reaching out to GMs across the league, trying to facilitate a three-team trade. Uh, shortly after this, Krug did remove the Blues banner from his Twitter profile. I re- Okay, we'll talk about that in a minute, uh, what, what the future of Krug might hold. But let me ask you guys, were you guys sitting here on your phone Refresh, oh, refresh, yeah. refresh on Twitter all day because that's what I was doing. No, I was, I was, I was outside doing yard work for seven <laughs> fucking hours. But you're doing Ray King. <laughs> you were doing uh, Ray King in the backyard. Uh, yeah, it's not that time of year. It's not the time of year. But yes, I, yes, great, great reference. Another professional athlete that almost beat your brother's ass. Yeah. Well, you you well, we told you that Jeff, right? The you know, the yes. former Cardinal pitcher Ray King, nickname yes. yard nickname yard work. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, no. Um my my thought on this like is Jordan Cairo playing for John Tortorella. Whoa. His career is over. Yeah. You know, he's, he's not going to see the ice ever. Yep. Yeah. Oh, he would have been it would have been a, a PLD situation. Uh not PLD. Um yeah, Pierre-Luc Dubois. It would have been a half a year in, Jordan Kyrou's asking for a trade again. <laughs> trade yeah. me right fucking I, now. The And this, the social media comments surrounding this thing, uh, while it was up in the air and, and who knew what was going to happen with it, this was a shit show too. This was, oh, yeah. oh my God. Especially when there's like leaked information that has teeth, right? So it's coming from somewhere that has some legitimacy. Uh, people get stupid. Uh, oh, yeah. People went off on Armstrong for uh, putting a trade together before asking for uh, asking Krug if he would waive his no trade clause. And they, he fucked up. He messed up. He, that's not the way. I'm like, that's how GMs typically do it. That's how Armstrong mm-hmm. has said uh, that he does it. He gets it because there's no point in asking a player if he'll waive his no trade clause to so and so team and upsetting him, thinking, "Oh gosh, you want to trade me?" Uh, if a trade's never going to even get put together, you know well, why and, even do that? And think about it this way too: that if you're doing that, let's say you're going, let's just use Pareko for an example here. You know, he goes to Pareko. I want to trade you, like you said. Okay, I clearly have no future in this organization first of all but then it's like i need to trade you where do you want to get traded to i want to go to edmonton okay you're only going to negotiate with edmonton then edmonton's going to pick up pretty quick because gms talk they're going to pick up pretty quick they're only talking to us about this clearly that's the only place this player wants to go so i can just you know i don't have to make an actual trade offer i can just yeah. Low ball Armstrong, because clearly that's the only place Pareko wants to go to. That's not how it works. You can't do that. That's terrible business management. It makes no sense to ask a player first. Like I said, because if a trade never even gets put together, then you never have the trade that gets put together, and you have an annoyed player that thinks you're trying to trade him. Yep. So why even why even burn that bridge with the player if that bridge is burnable or the player's sensitive? You know, get the deal in place first. 
Because if you're gonna you're gonna approach the player in both instances, you're approaching the player. In Armstrong's way of doing it, you have a deal in place, you know, uh, to to propose to him. And if a player sees that deal in place, thinking, "Oh wow, this team wants me, and they're willing to give up this to get me," you know, that could help persuade them that he could have a conversation with that team uh, then about you know going there or whatever. So. Um, yeah, I I don't think people think things through entirely when they are they don't know how things function and work. They're just like you know making comments uh, without even thinking about. Well, it. and I I told you guys um, I listened to another blues podcaster for about forty five seconds, and I inst- I was like I can't I can't listen to this like this is awful, um, because the person was literally saying that it was it was Krug's fault that this didn't go through because Krug should have gone to Armstrong when this deal was signed, when he signed this contract. Hey, uh, I've got a no trade. This is literally what he was saying. Uh, Doug, I've got a no trade trade clause. Here's the teams I'd be willing to go to. <laughs> that's not, that's not how it works. Like I, I'm, I'm signing this no trade clause, but if you want to trade me, here's the teams I want to go to. And no, when you sign the no trade clause, you're telling the GM, and, and what you said to me back, Kurt, was true too. You're telling the GM, I don't want you to trade me for eight years. And if you are going to trade me, I want to say in where I'm going. Like, right. and I think the players do even understand. And yes, in the moment, they're going to be pissed. But I think at that point, they understand that, okay. There is a chance that he's going to try to trade me three, four years, whatever, into my contract, and he's going to come to me at some point and say, do you want to go to the Islanders? Do you want to go to the Coyotes? Like, they know that's a possibility, but they the reason they sign it is because they're like, they can say yes or no. They have a say-so. And the reason why – and uh, you, so and that so this, this podcaster is, is saying that – uh, Krug should have submitted a list right away, and then what? Like, can he change the list? I mean, well, it, 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 that would change from modified, year to year. That, that is would... a modified no trade clause. Yeah. That is a thing. Yeah, that's a that thing. is a completely different thing. Yeah. Well, and and the thing, and with modified no trade clauses, the the list of teams isn't submitted at the time of the contract. The list of teams is submitted when the team asks for a list of teams that you would be willing to be traded to. Yep. That it, it could come at any time. They may never ask him. Uh, I mean, you, you, you don't submit. Imagine... A, why, why would you want to be locked into a, a 10, 11, 12 team trade of, of these teams uh, at the beginning of an eight year contract and you're five? That would be completely changed. And could you imagine Doug Armstrong's reaction with Tory Crew signs a contract and then instantly his agent, here's the uh, list of teams he's willing to be traded to? Doug would look at him and be like, what the fuck? What, why did we just sign this? If you're going to give me a team list right now, makes no sense. That's why. That's why you listen to this show. Exactly. <laughs> so we can so we can talk over Bill and not let him have an opinion. Bill, please yeah. your your take on the on the Krug fiasco. No, I don't have an opinion. No, <laughs> um, that is, that's not true. <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. With Armstrong, I'm always curious as to whether, you know, they're, they're, you know, 
is this a standard operating procedure or is this just all a long play ruse to get Jordan Cairo to be scared that life can get worse? Right. <laughs> you could go I never play, thought about that. You could go play for John Tortorella and you know, I'm, I'm even going to bring Tori Krug in on this. That uh, would be brutal. Vicious uh, think, to do. I, I honestly don't think that's what happened, but you know, I like to think, you know, my mind will wander from time to time. And <laughs> you know, you know what? You know what? This reminds me of this was, reminds me of something like a girlfriend in high school would do to her boyfriend. I reminded of a Boy Meets World episode where uh, Corey is kind of sort of in, uh, interested in another girl, and Topanga says, Go date her. Go ahead. See if you have feelings for her. So Corey goes and dates her, comes back to Topanga and says, I don't have feelings for her. I love you. And then she breaks up with him because That's he right. shouldn't have went on the date, even though she told him to. That's right. I remember. I remember. I never. I didn't watch that show. I remember that episode because it was kind of <laughs> like a that was like a wow. Uh, that was a episode. fucking trick. And I, yeah. I feel like it's the same thing here that Bill's saying that Armstrong would be doing to Cairo. See, this yeah. is why this is why men can't. This is why men are like uh, get pissed off at women because they can't figure them out. They sit, they do stuff like that to them. Uh, they 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 tell them to do something, and they do it, and then then they're mad at them for. doing it. I remember it. seeing that episode as a kid and just being like literally jumping up and just being like, "What the fuck, Topanga? What the fuck? You told him to go on the date." I feel like I'd be doing the same thing here if if I had the insider info and this was actually what Armstrong was doing. Didn't they date in real like, life? You just signed him to a contract, dude. What are you doing? Didn't yes. they date in real Jordan, life? Or Jordan Cairo and Doug Armstrong are dating. <laughs> <laughs> they they don't have a you know a uh, you know personal relationships at work policy. I thought you were going to say a prenup. Right. They don't have a prenup. Well, they have to sign the um, non disclosure. Is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. NDAs, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. Well, either way. Um, so, okay. I know that we didn't get, and I hope one day we somehow figure out what the possible trade was here. But let's just say it involved, let's take Kairu out of it. Let's say it involved Krug. Maybe it involved one of the, and, and I know it, uh, there were some rumors that said, too, that maybe it was the one of the Blues' later two picks in the first round. It involved that. And the Blues are getting back Hayes, Sandheim, and maybe a prospect or a, another player. And maybe the Blues are shipping off one of their prospects. In the, the basis, and I know, again, that this is hard to judge because we didn't know all the pieces. Was this something you guys were interested in? Were you like, yes, I'm, I want to see this trade? Or were you like, fuck no, what are you doing? We don't want Hayes and Sandheim, especially Sandheim on that new deal. No, what were your guys' thoughts? If Kairu was involved and it was, you know, it, it was just uh, Krug Kairu from the Blues and the seventh overall pick, you know, I would just, I, I assumed it would be a pick swap seven for 10. Um, you know, I, that's, that's way overpayment by the Blues. I, it would have to involve like Travis Konechny as well, mm. right? It's, it's, there's got to be another piece coming from Philly for that deal. And just you know that I didn't like I didn't like uh, the one of the proposed uh, the rumor deals where we were giving up picks too yeah. uh, to make this happen to to basically unload Krug right to, to sweeten the deal so they take on take on his contract 
Um, I wasn't a fan of that. I'd rather see them uh, buy out Scandella. If they're going to only do one thing with a defenseman, I'd almost, I mean, they did sign, well, we'll talk about in a second, Prunovich, but uh, which kind of was like writing on the wall for, okay, they may want to move Krug um, because they're essentially the same player. Maybe Krug is more durable. I don't know. He gets hurt too. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I was not a fan of moving the, the picks when they were rumored to be, to be floating in there. Uh, I didn't, I'd rather the blue see, try and get rid of Scandella, uh, as opposed to possibly Krug, uh, cause they just buy him out without costing, um, picks or whatever to, to make a team take on a contract like Krug's. So, so what if, and again, I know this is a huge, what if scenario here, but what if you say you didn't like the picks? Let's say the Blues are including the 10 and 29 picks in this overall deal, but they're also getting back the seven pick. Is that enough for you to kind of be like, they're moving up three spots. That could get them someone even better. They could have gotten the Mishkov kid that the the Flyers ended up taking. And Krug's leaving too in that deal? Yeah. Would no. you have been okay with that? Krug? 10 and 29 for the pick number seven. I'm saying, oh, no, 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 no. I'm saying <laughs> including including Hayes, and maybe Sanheim. even including Sanheim. I'm saying part of a larger, because you said you didn't like the picks being oh. involved. Well, no, so let's I, say I, the picks are involved, but the Blues are also getting back the number seven pick. Well, like I, I've, I've always said, I don't, I, I'm up for trading anyone and anything to make this, this franchise better now and in the future. So, um, you know, depending on what their plan was for pick number seven, um, I'm not against moving up, and I understand that you got to probably move a couple of picks to move up uh, to do that. So, um, right. I, I wouldn't be against that, um, especially if you free up salary for Krug, uh, and you do have plans to make a move to acquire somebody else to fill his spot. Uh, right. or, well, well Prunovich would probably, but still. In 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 terms of Matt Mechkov, right. The proxy for him and and his story being under contract in the K, it's it's Tarasenko, and the Blues were the team. The you know Tarasenko should have been a top five pick in his draft year, and he yeah. fell fell to us all the way at sixteen. Right, we we traded David Runblad, you know, to move up in the draft to get him. Yeah, you know, probably one of the best trades in team history. Yeah, that that and Demetra for Krister Olson. Yeah, yes, when I heard the when I heard the comparisons to Tarasenko, I was like, you know yeah. what, uh, Tarasenko leaves, and the next season we draft a guy that is compared yeah. to him. Uh, I would be I'd, that'd be fine with that type of uh, gamble uh, to acquire a player like that. That'd right, be, and, that'd be fine. and I think Tarasenko's success in the NHL is the reason why Michkov didn't fall faller. Yeah, fall faller, fall faller, fall hard, yeah. Yeah, I don't. Little secret: when I don't do the podcast, I just don't talk to anybody (laughs) for for like you know months on it. When the comparison was made, when I first heard that, uh, oh, they compared to Tarasenko. I'm thinking, I I was like, oh, maybe he would. I mean, probably not. But uh, and then when he did fall a couple spots, I'm thinking, oh, no, just a few more to go. (laughs) Yeah, didn't happen. No, I. I, uh, I'll i say I was – so in terms of just, like, reading through this, because I know I saw a lot of people that were just, no, like, instantly, no, no, don't do this. Kevin Hayes, no. Travis Sanheim, no. 
I was like, dude, we're not in it to win a cup next year. I'm all for some massive blockbuster trade. And and again, yeah, when I saw Kairou, I was kind of like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm not against but, trading Kairou at all. I'm not either. But but depends I'm, who we get back I, in return. It, but it, exactly. It makes me more nervous because it's like, okay, you got to make sure you're getting good value. Sure, here. yeah. But I'm just saying in terms of, like, watching this unfold on Saturday and then even into Sunday, I'm thinking I'm not one of those people that are like, like I saw, I, I have a friend that was even posting on Facebook. Somebody disconnect Armstrong's phone. What the fuck is he doing? We don't need Sanheim. We don't need Hayes. And I'm just like, do you want a repeat of last season? Like, let's get some new bodies in here and see what happens. I'd rather have that than roll out the same team we saw last year and end up in a shit spot again. I, I'm all for big trades if you can make them happen and i'm all for watching them unfold in front of my eyes so i was excited not upset watching all this go down i almost and i'd, I'd be perfectly happy with the blues sticking with Cairo. um oh, I, I, I just because you know um he's still so young and he's i mean the raw talent is just oozing out of him and he's just got to you know learn how to put it all together play with it you know consistently yeah. Uh, learn, learn how to accept the pass and keep the fuck on your stick a little right. bit yeah. longer. Yeah, and, and and maybe hustle more in the neutral zone. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, but uh, how many times do you see a player traded who's got, what was it, seven years, eight years left on his contract? I mean, my God. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I, that, that's, that's, you don't see that. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, right. Well, and the fact, too, that he would have been moving Krug, too. Because yeah. that was kind of the right. centerpiece of the deal. So that's yeah, a right. what does he have? Five years on his deal now. And it's uh, four, 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 left. four yeah. left. And you know, but but that's the thing, right? It, it's like what the my first thought when when I heard about the deal is like we talked all last year about how somebody on this defense has to get moved for us to have roster and salary cap flexibility going into this season and if it's going to take including you know jordan kairu in a trade to make that happen i i don't know i i don't uh... think that's something that i really want that's not a price i want to pay right so well i think if you're trying to win a cup next year and you're thinking moving kairu to acquire allow the acquisition of somebody else you know, Kyrie and Krug moving out, and you can then replace them with with, with whatever A and B. To uh, oh, it's like, oh my gosh, we're better. We're we're a lot better. Uh, and, and and as far as uh, cup aspirations go next season, um, then yeah, you know, I I, I get it. But uh, if we're not, then I don't think that makes all. I don't know. I, again, it depends on the move, but I don't. I, I think it makes a lot more sense to stick with Cairo next season if we're if our goal I mean, if the if the ceiling is not the cup, then just give him another year experience and and see how he does. You know, it's what do we got to lose? Right, right. Yeah. Give him another season. You know where where he's got opportunities to get benched for shit plays and <laughs> right because he he's got I think he's got one or two more years left right before before people are saying he is now. Yeah, prime in the prime of his career, 
And if he's still showing those mental mistakes, it's time to move on. Yeah, he's 25 now. I think right. 26, 27. He's got to he's got to be there by 27. Right. right. He's got it. He's got to have it put together by that. Right. Yep. So, so Travis Sanheim was a name that was tossed around a lot, and you know I know the metrics show he is having a uh, he had a really bad year last year, and he had so so years before that. Um, I. I, I was actually surprised to see how many people were like, no, you're just taking on another bad contract uh, by doing that. I was all for that bad contract. Because one, I don't believe he has a no trade clause. So maybe you still find a suitor for him if it doesn't work out after a couple of years. And two, um, he's younger. He's 27. And again, last year was awful. And guess what? He was on a shit Flyers team. So, I, I again, you guys can disagree with me if you want. If if it means moving out Krug and bringing in Sanheim, I know that it's more term, but it's less money. And to me, he's younger. And I've actually always liked Sanheim. He was a guy that came up in Blues Rumors a couple of years ago that I was interested he, in. He does have a no trade clause. Oh, he does full okay. no trade clause uh, years one through four, and then five through eight. It's a twelve team. No trade list. Okay, my bad. I'll take and, that back. But but I still believe what I said. One of those. He had the twelve team no trade list. Who did? Hayes. Yeah, yeah. but luckily, blues, the blues the Blues were luckily were, the Blues were not on that list. Right. Yeah. Well, I was all for if you could get Sanheim. It basically flipping in the trade for defenseman, mm. flipping Krug for Sanheim. I was willing to give Sanheim the chance because I feel like with me. We've seen we've gotten out of Krug as a blue. To me, it's not been that impressive. He's a power play quarterback, and that's his best attribute. If you can bring in a guy who can play a little bit better defense and maybe a change of scenery is all it takes, because we've seen that. Clearly, we've seen that with Blues players last season, that sometimes all it takes is a change of scenery. I'm willing to take that on and see what happens. So how are you guys feeling about that? I mean, he was on a bad team last year. In defense on a yeah. bad team, you're. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I. I. Um, you're not going to. What's he make? He makes uh, six. What is it? Six. Uh, six point two five million, and Krug makes six point five. Six point five. Seven two hundred fifty k. Six point five, except yeah. Marco Stand Scandella. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it's it's, right. a, it's two, a coin toss, I guess. I don't know. Right. I mean, is two fifty that big of a savings? But but to me, the coin toss—it's not even a coin toss. To me, it's we know what we're getting out of Krug on this team. I want to see what we can get out of a Sandheim. Yeah, well, we talked last year about you know uh, you know defensive coach uh, maybe right. possibly being one of the only options they could actually realistically do when they did it. Right. Um, so maybe if you, I mean, obviously, yeah, you, you could try to make some moves on defense. I get it. But if you can't, maybe it's not the end of the world in that, well, maybe we'll see what we can do with a uh, new defensive leadership. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. I, right. I, I, no, that's, that's, that's a, that's like a, that's a, not a Hail Mary, but it's a, it's a shot in the dark. At, uh, it, if you, it, it's, it's a plan B. If yeah. You will. Plan B. Right. Plan B. Yes. And, and you know, that, so that's the thing, right? 
at this point, if if we aren't able to unload one of the defensive contracts and, you know, I don't know, the whole thing with Kruger removing the blue banner from his uh, that's, uh from his yeah. Twitter, right? That that's there's animosity there, so something might have to happen. But if it doesn't, right? If if, if Mike Weber comes in here and resets this team, right? This defensive core should not have been so shitty last year, right? Mm-hmm. They should be improved, right? And I think I, I think one of the, the easiest things and frankly one of the things I'm most shocked that you know this team has lacked is shot blocking, right? They have abandoned that. And if you put that back into this team, like you we just watched the Vegas Golden Knights stampede their way to a Stanley Cup and they were a physical team. They were the blues from 2019, right? They were cut from that same cloth lots lots of physical play and people were willing to sell out and block shots jonathan marsh show you know had just an incredible playoff and i can remember three occasions during the playoffs where he got out there and he blocked shots right mm-hmm. and their defense would do that night in and night out bring yep. that element back to this team and i think we can be good and i think the guys that we have out there i don't know you know letty letty might not be the best but bortuzzo if that guy's still gonna be here right he's a damn good shot blocker yeah. right and so let's the only time i even saw bortuzzo block shots anymore was the pk yeah. like during five on five it seemed like he gave up on shot blocking no the... he, he, that that had to be a philosophy it was. It was. It was a complete philosophy for this team, and I think it was completely wrong, right? A, a heavy team has to include that element. Yep. No, I I agree, and I mean, I, imagine if this team steps out, and again, I don't I don't think they're going to be making playoff noise, but if if this defense all of a sudden shots against goals against, um, you know, shutouts, whatever defensive stats, uh, you know, obviously the advanced stats as well. If every one of those numbers improves drastically, I don't think we're going to see Mike Van Ryan working in the NHL ever again. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I think um, defense was really, really bad. For those who watched the, the team play, uh, this odd in person, you know, they're, 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 the, the defense was atrocious. So, I mean, uh, why, why, why would he be considered for a job anyway? Just, be, I mean, the last two years, right? So. I think he'll be back in coaching juniors or coaching maybe even in the AHL. I don't know. I haven't seen if he's accepted anything, but I'm sure he's not even getting calls for NHL jobs right now. Yeah. No, no, he will. The, the NHL is just, it's a carousel. He'll, he'll get on somewhere. It is, but has he, he hasn't even been in the league that long as a coach. <laughs> so we'll see. You're probably right, but we'll see. Four uh, years? One last Four thing. Four years, right? Yes. Yeah, he was brought in in 2019. Um, one last thing I'll say about this uh, whole Tory Krug thing. The fact that all of this was leaked, we've never seen this with Armstrong. So you have to know this was on the Philadelphia side. How pissed do you think Doug Armstrong was that all this shit was getting leaked? It, stuff gets leaked all the time from other – never never from Armstrong's side. I, you never hear right. that. Uh, so it's always safe to say whenever, whenever something happens from the blues, it's always like, Oh, you know, that's okay. Um, but, uh, people were speculating, well, it could have been an agent could have been another player. Uh, yeah, it, it could have been anything, I guess. But, um, 
why would uh, a Krug's agent? I wonder the process here. Is does Krug, I guess Krug's agent is contacted about uh, asking. Uh, he's probably the go-between. So yeah, um, I think. yeah. So I, I mean, he could have leaked it. I don't know why he would. Um, well, if if it's Krug's no agent sense. leaking it, don't you think he would have leaked that it was Krug that was being asked to waive his no trade because. It took some Blues insiders yeah, some right. time to figure right. out who it was. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, it, I, I'm try. I was. It could have been anybody that leaked it, but I don't know why anybody else would have. Um, maybe he told a teammate, and a teammate leaked it. I don't know. Um, that's maybe possible. Kevin Hayes. Yeah, you're right. Maybe it was because Hayes is, was again. I hate to say yeah. the centerpiece, but it was pretty well, clear he, that it was Hayes to the Blues was like the first thing we saw. Maybe it was Hayes, like. He got asked, he said yes, and or whatever, and maybe he told his agent, maybe his agent told someone, maybe his wife told someone, who knows? Hey, Hayes and Kruger are pretty good friends, aren't they? I mean, that's what I, yeah. that's what I heard. Yeah, they are. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I'm going to you know guess that it was someone on Breer's side uh, until that makes the most sense to me, um, yeah. that someone blabbed. It was um, Jordan Cairo. Jordan Kyrie. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Definitely. It's always Kyrie's fault. You know, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. If he, if he just told everybody. <laughs> um, so uh, Blues and Flyers did end up making a smaller deal, sending a sixth-round pick to Philadelphia for Kevin Hayes at 50% retained. So for the Blues, they will be paying $3.571 million for three seasons each. Um, Hayes is 31 years old. He's a six foot five center at 216 pounds. Last year... 18 goals, 36, 36 assists, 54 points in 81 games. He was actually an all-star uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers last year. Um, I I was shocked when I saw, and, and it was a it was a loud minority, but I was shocked to see people saying, "Why? What? Kevin Hayes?" And I'm like, at three, you're getting a good third line center, potential second line center. Yeah. For half the price he signed at three point five seven one million, that's a fucking steal. And for, and a, only got sixth, it for a sixth round pick, I, I I fail to see the downside here. It's not a long None. contract; it's three years left on it. Right? Um, he's thirty one. He'll be thirty four when it's over. I mean, it's not exactly young, but it's not old either. Um, I I I I don't know. I mean, I, unless you gotta just you just hate Kevin Hayes. <laughs> Uh, I, I fail to see the issue with, uh, with acquiring Hayes. I think people, I think a lot of people thought that maybe this closed the door on O'Reilly too, uh, coming back. So eh. I'm just yeah. saying, that's what people were, were saying. Right. I don't know. I could well, still I... see that happening because I think you still, because I think you still move Shen to the wing. I don't like Bushnevich at center. They get put him back on the wing and then you're, you're down the middle. You're Thomas O'Reilly. And uh, Hayes, I think that would still work. Yeah, but the salary cap, right? We only we have less than four million. Yeah, is, is O'Reilly coming back for that number? Maybe he would. If there's one player in the NHL that I I would think would say I don't need the money, it'd be Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. But you know, I, I can the Blues put all of that? You know, put their the the entire rest of it. And you know, do, maybe uh, maybe if if they do, uh, you know. Uh, buy out Scandella or find a way to unload his contract. Maybe it gets closer to working, but I, don't know. I would love that. What was the, I'm trying to find it right now. I, I can't, 
seem to find it. Um, there was a quote from Hayes. Because, again, talking about people who... Because I, I saw one of my friends also commented, too, and was like, oh, it was clear that, you know, I'm seeing Flyers fans saying good riddance and that he, <laughs> good riddance. Was, a, he was a, a bad locker room guy. I saw a quote from Hayes. Uh, I think he was talking to Rutherford, maybe. I can't remember who he was talking to. But he, he basically, I think it was, he said something like, the city is great. The fans are great. My teammates were great. Can't wait to get to St. Louis. Literally mentioned everything but the coaching staff. So to me, that tells me, get me the fuck away from John Tortorella. And if you want to say he's a bad locker room guy, yeah, maybe he was pissed off and hated playing for Tortorella. And guess what? What who who else have we acquired that was a center that we heard was a bad locker room guy and didn't give effort? A guy that lost his that? passion? He lost his passion, I believe, didn't he? Lost his passion for hockey, yeah. didn't want to play anymore. Uh their their fans said good riddance when they uh, Yeah, fans said good riddance. Started. This right. is a steal for them because, you know, they got rid of a bad contract. They won yeah. the trade. Ryan O'Reilly <laughs> ended up winning a Consmite trophy. Not saying that's going to be Kevin Hayes, but Come on. I, I think this is a great deal for the St. Louis Blues. I, I think the only way you criticize this deal is if you feel we give up too much and we didn't give up hardly anything. A six-round pick. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and the salary. Change half the salary. Yeah. Right? I, I, that's, this, that's, it's a win-win. Right? It's a and, win-win. And, and if it doesn't pan out, stick him on the fourth line and, I don't know, maybe move him to the deadline. Right. Was, well, it, wasn't the – it was the kind of the, the Ryan Johansson – for Alex Galchenyuk trade that kind of set the stage for it, right? With a retained salary going the other way. A little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's, yeah, I just, I think, I think at the end of the day, like, you know, we, we're talking about how, how upset we would be, you know, with the, with the, uh, the, the original proposed deal. Um, and that would be overpayment to get the centerpiece of the deal. The guy that the blues targeted the whole time, for a six-round pick and Philly pays half his salary for three years, it's fucking brilliant. I think a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people just don't. They don't care about what was given up. I think they just look at the player. Like, is, is he going to win us a cup? No, fuck him. You know, yep. I, I think there's so many people like that. That he's not but, a big name. Right. I don't know his name. Fuck him. Right. But the, well, and, the and let's be like point, this. That was, that was Ryan O'Reilly, right? <laughs> right now, right now, before we get into free agency, if they don't make this trade, who is your third line center on this team? Nathan Walker? Well, you play Shen at center. And I guess Bruce you know, Navis can play center. play center, but then I'd, you're thinning out your wings. Well, I, I think Shen, I mean, Shen's, Shen's better Jake at neighbors. center. He wants to play center. No, I agree, but I think if you're playing if you're playing Thomas Shen Buchnevich, you're I don't like Buchnevich at center. I think you move him back to the wing, but if you don't do that, or if you do do that, then who's your third line center? Nathan Walker? Alexei Torpchenko? I mean, you don't have the center depth right now. So, I think you make this trade, you get a good solid third line center you know he belongs in the nhl again hopefully they put buchnevich back on the wing shen plays your second line center i think they're set pretty well in their top nine by making this trade no i i, I agree with you right. I, mean, 
I have no problem with this. Yeah, right. and I, it's, and... it's it's a great trade as long as the defense is good next year, right? <sighs> that's that's the opportunity cost of this trade, right? Is that we we don't get to move Krug in this deal. We don't yep. get to open up that flexibility. Yeah. Although, what you know, like I said before, 250k as flexibility is the delta between Krug and Sandheim's contract. Well, I don't know. And people saw the acquisition of Hayes and saw that he was not a defenseman. And that's another instant uh, negative for people. You know, they, we got to fix the defense. We got to fix the defense. You know, that's what we're doing. Priority you one, not, to, not You forwards. also have to fill out an NHL roster. I know. Yeah, 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 I, I, <laughs> you know, I know. I just, I, this is, I, this is, this is, this is why you're not as active on social media, Jeff, is because you, this stuff like that said all the time. And it's just like, a, it's just like, shut up, just shut up. It's just, yeah. it's, it's insane to see people react that way. And, and I'll admit like one of my, the friend who was against this, um, I very much value his, his view on, on hockey and the blues. And I was shocked to hear him say that he wasn't a fan of this. I'm like, dude, why not? You're, you're at, he said, because he, he, he was reading that flyers fans are, Happy to be rid of him. Uh, see, and I'm like, I don't know about even if that is true, even if it's like we get him and he's not good, like you said, you gave up a sixth round pick. You didn't give up a first. You didn't give up a Jordan Cairo. Like, it's not it. It to me the the reward way outweighs the the risk here. Sure. Right. For and and look at our track recent track record with change of scenery guys, right? Yeah, Verona, exactly. Right, Logan Brown. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about him in a minute. Some Cap players just yeah. some players just suck. Captain and Verona, O'Reilly. I, yeah, I get it. Yeah, you're, you're I right. want to give I want to give credit here, but I I can't remember who said this. But somebody on social media, and I think it might have even been like a like an actual insider, um, said that he felt that this this trade <laughs> no. Um, no, I mean, an actual, it's not, not an insider, a fake insider, um, man, fake, se- yeah. fake secret insider, man. Yeah. No, this, whoever said this, I, I thought he put this brilliantly. It was, he felt like this was Armstrong. The deal is dead with, with Krug and it's just him being patient and saying, okay, we'll figure out something. And it was Briere saying, well, fuck, it's already been leaked. I got to trade Hayes. I got to get rid of him. All right, blues. What do you got? Sixth round pick, hour ten fifty. Sure, let's do it. As the new GM, it was like I have to make this trade now. But Armstrong was like, "Fuck it, I've got all summer." Krug knows I wants to trade him. Shit, I could trade him in two months. I don't have to trade him right now. So I feel like this, and I agreed with that sentiment that this was Armstrong being the veteran GM and being like, do you, "I don't have to make this trade today." Do you think maybe part of it had to do with uh, maybe Briere's camp did leak the info and Armstrong went off on Briere maybe and uh, scared the shit may- out of him? Well, no, I, no, but maybe you know uh, Briere did come back to Armstrong and say, "Hey, well, let's try and make this Hayes deal work out." And maybe he's like, "No, oh, fuck you. You know, you, you're leaking shit to the media. And I don't, I don't want to." And maybe as a compromise, you know, the Blues got Hayes for cheap. And your kid threw a fucking wheelchair down. (laughs) (laughs) You're all a bunch of dicks, aren't you? 
You think uh, Briere sent him like a gift basket, like a like a fruit basket or something? Like I'm I'm sorry. Can we still make this trade work? Uh, <laughs> I don't he know. sent him some Geno steaks. There you go. It is oh, weird that a big that is it is weird that a big deal a, was was it was uh, in place uh, except for Krug nixing it, and then it gets leaked. And then come back later, and we get the guy we're kind of targeting anyway for not next to nothing. Yeah, that is kind of weird. Yeah, again, I I love this trade. I think again, even if it doesn't pan out, I don't think this is a trade up. Like if Doug Armstrong's fired in two years, even if this doesn't pan out, I don't think we'll ever point at this and be like, "Yeah, that was a bad move by Doug." Like even if it doesn't pan out, I think we'll still be like, "Nah, it was it was a high risk low or high high reward low risk move." I think that's how we'll look at this, even if it doesn't work. Hmm. All right. Uh, so some more contract stuff going on here. Uh, Blue signed Scott Perutovich to a one-year, one-way, one-year, $775,000 extension. This was announced right before the shit came out with Krug possibly yeah. getting traded. So I think this was something else that kind of led to writing on the wall. Well, the Blues got Perunovich. He's a one-way deal. They expect him to play in the NHL. He's a very similar player, even similar in stature to Tory Krug. So we don't need Krug anymore. Um, 19 career NHL games for Scott Perunovich, six assists, and of course had that bad injury last year. <clears throat> Hopefully we'll you see know, him on the opening day lineup this year. You know, they they were going to – I mean, okay, I think people read a lot into this, which, you know, maybe, but they were going to re-sign him anyway. Right, uh, he his con he was he was due a new contract, yeah. So I they weren't just going to not you know they weren't just going to go to arbitration or whatever or they with him they were going to re-sign him. Uh, so the fact that they signed him did not mean that Krug was probably going to be traded because they were absolutely going to re-sign Prunovich anyway to an yeah. extension. So now yeah. I want to like I man I. The ceiling for Prunovich offensively is sky high as far as a playmaker assist man, uh, way higher than Krug, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, and I so hope that he can stay healthy, that he gets it together in his own zone, because if he can play just average defense, uh, and stay healthy, I think he's he's a gem offensively not just on the power play i think he's, he's gonna be fantastic i'm so high on him uh offensively i just i hope it works out for him uh, health wise because that's been his major hurdle you so know what far. i think his ceiling is and i um would love if he reaches the ceiling kevin shattenkirk hmm. as a blue i maybe even uh, maybe not as much goal wise but uh maybe even more so assist wise so i'm saying I, more points wise points so, wise yeah. Yeah, I think I but, think is I think he's puck he, carrying, skating. He's got all those skills. I think he might be a, a six goal and forty eight assist guy or something, or fifty two assist guy or something, something like this. Like, wow, that's that's a yeah, that's nice. Yeah, if if he can pan out to be the power play specialist he was against Colorado two years yeah, ago, I mean, fuck, that's that's enough in itself, right? And you know the the one that you know the one Rutherford piece that. Um, I somewhat read because, you know, I just, I'm not, I'm a subscriber to the athletic, but there's so much content there. It's hard to really pick what I ever really want to read. 
Um, but the the one piece he did was, you know, talking about Perudovich and, you know, how he's, uh, you know, learning from an MMA legend, right? And that's that's hopefully learning the fitness end of the game and, and how to be tough. Because, yeah, getting knocked out in a preseason game, you know, when we're 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 doing our preseason show and we watch him get knocked out for the season mm. um that, that was just terrible and that that's that can't happen at this point and that's why you got a one-year deal right yeah. a one-year one-way deal you got, deal. This, well, this is your last chance with us yeah he's yeah. played 19 games right in nhl so he's he hasn't really accumulated anything to warrant any type of substantial contract yet so yeah the one-year deal is probably as beneficial more beneficial to him so he can actually prove himself this season and then get a nice deal next season yep uh so boys i'm gonna read these next two stories together um so if you want to comment on either of them go ahead uh blue sign uh autumn godet adam autumn adam <laughs> godet autumn gadet i guess is what i was trying to say adam godet to a two-way one-year seven hundred seventy-five thousand dollar extension that he gets four hundred thousand in uh, the AHL. Uh, Blues acquired Goddett from Toronto in February in the O'Reilly deal. Since joining the Thunderbirds, Goddett posted uh, seven goals and ten assists in twenty-five games. If you listen to our show, talking to a uh, friend of the show, Vanessa Graff, who actually saw on at Pride on Sunday, uh, which was awesome. Um, Vanessa said that uh, she felt the Thunderbirds were very impressed by him and uh, could easily be a Blues uh, call-up anytime as a veteran presence uh, to join the team, thinking of um, guys like Dave Scatcherd, uh, who's, I'm trying to think of some others. The Blues have called up uh, uh, Chris Butler, kind of veteran guys you can call up that you know what you're going to get from them. Um, oh, Vanessa, as I say Vanessa's name, she appears. Someone wants it to be fall already. She's... She's like uh, Beetlejuice over here. How about that? Um, yeah. <laughs> is, is that what Beetlejuice does? <laughs> Be, uh, Vanessa, Vanessa, Vanessa. There oh. she is. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, it's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, sequel coming. Sequel coming. That's true. Very excited. About I got to watch that. it again then. Um, but uh, Vanessa, if you missed the start of the show, I'm wearing this because it is my minnesota whitecaps jersey and uh the phf is no more so wearing it in mourning to a certain extent uh so also the blues tender qualifying offers to forwards q mcging and alexi torpchenko as well as defenseman tyler tucker uh that means that uh, there was a couple guys that were not tendered qualifying offers those were brady lyle dmitry samarokov and logan brown all not qualified that means they will become unrestricted free agents on July 1st. So we'll see. Uh, obviously, the name that stands out there is Logan Brown. Um, St. Louis kid, always rooted for him. We've talked about him plenty on this show. Just not an NHL talent at this point. I hope he gets a chance somewhere else and he takes off. But it just was not going to happen here in St. Louis. I liked the I liked the chance they took on him. And it was it was he was so promising early early on, right? He was getting chances. He scored a few goals, uh, looked good, um, but then just faded pretty quick. And there were times where he was in the lineup, and uh, after the game, I was like, "Oh, he played." <laughs> I right. Had no right. idea he was on the ice. Three twenty-two. Yeah, this is like. 
Yeah, oh. no. Don't forget his other great contribution to this team, um, allowing us to get rid of Zach Sanford. Right. Yes. His best contribution. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, he, he um, I mean, the first game he drew into last year was, you know, after that great 3-0 start. And oh, we're going 82-0. He draws in against Winnipeg, and the Blues lose the next four games, and then he gets injured, and we win finally. Yeah. It, yep. It it was it, yeah it wasn't meant to be, right? Guy he was what twelfth overall in in eleven sounds right eleven yeah. maybe eleven yeah. yeah but yeah in the all St Louis draft year yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so yeah really really wanted him to to work out here um, but uh, yeah not not happening um, so yeah Sam Marukov As... was interesting because uh, he played right. twice as many games for the Blues. As he did with Edmonton, which right. was two, two, <laughs> two right. games. Hey, I thought you know what? He I contributed was... more to the Blue success when he played for the Oilers. That's true. That's a very good point. <laughs> no, I was. <laughs> I'll, I'll add. I was very happy that they gave him a chance because, man, I would have hated if his only chance to play in the NHL was that one game. Because right. my God, he got lit up. Oh my God, that, <laughs> that was bad. bad. That was so bad. Yeah, he did not do anything like that playing for the Blues. So I was uh I was happy to at least see that. So uh well oh, speaking I was to say uh, Sam Maruka, I was speaking of him, you know, Costin got dealt uh to Detroit and I I mean people were saying it was a salary dump and I I I I guess it is. Uh what is this what does he make right now? Let's see. He makes a million, I think. Is that what he makes? Cuz he's not is he on a contract right now? He's not even on a contract right now. No, he's not right now. So they said um, it was a salary dump. I guess they just didn't want to sign him at all. Yeah, so he's they, they acquired his rights. Detroit acquired his rights. Yeah, he's he's in negotiations with a KHL club right now. And I okay. think Edmonton didn't want to have those battles, but I guess Detroit yeah. is willing to. So they're like, okay, just give us him then. Yeah, because he made uh his cap hit was less than a million. Uh, was five seasons. Parts of five seasons in the NHL, and then last year it was seven fifty. So he doesn't he doesn't make no. much. Uh, no. So you'd think the KHL might want him at more money. So yeah, yeah, and and I think and and you mentioned that, um, and I said it on on social media earlier that um, you know people were pissed, especially when Sam, it was announced that Sam Rokov was not going to be brought back. Yeah. Uh, I think there was a lot of people, and yeah, Vanessa says Omsk was the club. That's right, Omsk okay. is the club that's trying to get him in the KHL, but. Yeah, when when he was especially when he was not retained just a couple of days ago. Yeah, um, fans were livid and were just like, "Would you traded Clem Costin for him? What the fuck?" And look at what he's doing in Edmonton. You don't trade a player that you think is part of your long term future for future considerations. Yeah, that just doesn't happen. And I'm not saying he's not an NHL player. I think he could fill in on the fourth line for any NHL club. He's a solid player, but to get livid over losing a guy of that caliber and then see him get traded for future considerations was kind of just desserts for me. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's, it's any body that has an opportunity to flex online and act like they're smarter than the GM, you know, people are going to take that. So, yep. 
Uh, so free agency begins on Saturday. Uh, that is uh, coming up here. So the Blues uh, right now projected cap space is at just under four million at three point nine three five. Uh, right now the Blues do have free agents in. Josh Levo, Tyler Pitlick, Logan Brown, and Tomas Grice. Uh, we will not see any of those people back. Um, the only one I could see maybe if he's left over um, at the end of the year, at the end of the summer, is if Josh Levo is still out there. I could see the Blues saying, we'll bring you back on a two-way contract. and Because, uh, you know, he's a good AHL player. So I could see that. Otherwise, I don't think we see any of those guys back. Um, any disagreements there? No, no, no. Levo would be the only one and most definitely would be a guy without extensive injuries uh, during camp that would uh, start in the A and yeah. come back only as an emergency call up. Right. Uh, reports from David Pignotta of uh, the fourth period says Blues are exploring bringing back Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, rumors have also suggested, which I've seen reports, you see those like Facebook. Uh, promoted posts it's like rumors are that ryan o'reilly would love to come back to st louis and you click the article and it doesn't actually say shit about it so i don't know if that's actually true but rumors say, have been saying that he is interested in coming back to st louis i haven't seen that anywhere but I, I and i when i saw you put this in here i was trying to find it i couldn't find where he mentioned that or said that or anything uh, so i mean maybe maybe it is but it, I it was in the it. headline I it couldn't find it. Right, right. It was in the headline. I couldn't find it. Yeah. No, I, I literally <laughs> yeah, just... saw some posts that suggested, and then there was, you know, comments about him not wanting to go back to Toronto. Um, something said that the former teams are interested in him, which means St. Louis and Colorado. But I think Colorado, right. hit that ship has sailed because they got Ryan Johansson. Right. So, um, I don't know. I I'd still be open to it. I'd love to have ROR back. I think Oscar Sundquist is another guy that I would totally be interested in. Yeah. Because he loves, seems to love the city. Yeah. It, he still lives here. He goes yep. to, he's, he's, the, he's a brewery the city games, yeah. right? <laughs> yep. So, so yeah, I think it's more likely that, it, that if anybody comes back, it's, it's Sonny. Um, would, would, you know, he's a guy, he's always going to be welcome on this team. Right. So, whether it's this year, next year, whatever, um, you know, I'd prefer O'Reilly if there was some way it could work out, but you know, it's going to be tough with that, with that current salary cap. Number. Yeah. I mean, it depends how much he wants, how much less he wants to take. Right. I mean, right. I, I think everybody would, wouldn't be surprised at all if he took less, but how much less, I don't, I mean, who knows? I mean, right, right now take, I mean, going into free agency, um, Right under four million, he's getting more than that on the open market. There's no doubt. Well, now, if the Blues make it. If the Blues make a trade tomorrow and free yeah. up a bunch more salary, then I could right. definitely see it. But they'd right now, to, yeah, I just don't. And let, the only other way I could maybe see it is if the Blues somehow work out with O'Reilly and say, "Hey, we're going to pay you a lot less, but we're guaranteeing you a job when you retire." That's the only other way I could possibly see it. So he's 32 right now. So I mean, how long do you sign him for? If you, if you, if, I mean, because you know Armstrong, especially lately, has been big on you know getting the AAV down by giving people you know longer term. So it's like, do you sign him for five years? Yeah, just give him seven. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. No, don't do that. <laughs> well, five years. Give him 15. <laughs> yeah, right. 15. Let him retire. Uh, I, I would love to see uh, Vanessa Graff. Sonny would be the best option. I That'd be great. Um, I'd love to see him back. I, I Again, like the guy. I, and he's not, I mean, it's not like he's, uh, you know, he's, he's going to be your third, fourth line guy, right? So it's like, that's that's perfect. After the the trade uh, of Hayes, we saw a bunch of people putting out their lines and, and guys even like Jim Thomas, Luke Korak. They had Nathan Walker as your fourth line center. Again, I don't think Nathan Walker is a center. If you I, get Oscar Sundquist, oh, that's a solid fourth line in center. In a second. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so and especially if he's playing in a, in a city where he probably wants to be. Oh, I, I mean, he lives he here. I mean, here. Yeah. So, I mean, Oscar Sundquist would sign here for league minimum and city season tickets. Right? <laughs> I would love that. That'd be great. Oh, and <laughs> yeah. And it would. You know, the stipulation the would have that he could handle but... the the stipulation would be that he can't play on Saturdays during the MLS season. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so have, get get four hands like Tyler Benson. Yeah, get four, get, four, get four hands involved and have them uh, you know lifetime supply of something. Yep. Um, Tyler Benson apparently is a is a question here. Twenty five years old. Um, I, I, maybe I don't. I mean, Blues are all about reclamation projects right now. Why not? We'll see. Um, yeah, he's thirty second overall pick from two thousand sixteen. That's an interesting question. Race he's fan only, rocks for. He's only big Eric Brewer yeah. fan. Only yeah, twenty five. Yeah, kind of a fallen prospect, but um, like I said, we we talked a lot about reclamation projects the last couple of weeks. He'd be the the biggest one. So that would be interesting. All right, so guys, we are an hour and a half into the show, and we are finally talking about the NHL draft. Uh, but luckily, none of us are draft experts, and if you have paid attention to this show, <laughs> you will know that we have had a lot of draft experts on this show. So um, I would recommend going back and listening to those, because each one of those, we've talked about the first pick the Blues made. So uh, if you want more insight, that's why we bring on people like that. So we will talk about the draft picks here, but I am going to go ahead and just give this overarching commentary that none of us are draft experts. We know about probably what people know that are a little bit into the know of like reading prospect reports and maybe watching clips on YouTube. So I'm just going to be honest with you and say that Kurt bill, if you disagree, please tell me, but no, well, how many, how many, uh, most people out there, uh, aren't watching the guys in person. They aren't, they aren't scouts, you know, scouts? and they're, they're, they're going by eight hours of YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> their, their analysis is essentially the analysis of other people. Right. I mean, they're just, they're just regurgitating what they hear I, other people say. I'm going to tell people. you, I'm going to tell you right now, people that consider themselves draft experts, 90% of them, and I do not feel like I am exaggerating, 90% are just regurgitating information that the actual oh, experts yeah. are actually they're, reporting on. They're looking up stuff online about, you know, from EliteProspects.com or whatever site they go to or whatever people are talking about, you know, seeing the, as far as reporting on how these players are doing. And then they're just repeating it as, as you know, as their own. So that's... That is guaranteed 
uh, at yes. least 90% of it, probably way more, actually. And and I said it earlier, like the thing that, that Rutherford tweeted, like, what do the Blues do here with the number 10 pick? And somebody saying, they're dumb if they don't take defense. Like, <laughs> what, the, what do you know about this draft class, sir? Like, please inform me. Who should they take then that you've actually seen play, that you've scouted, that you've watched his team games? Please tell me. Who should they take then? Like, and that is, and I'm not saying that one person said that, but there is, and you know what, I'll go ahead and call him by name because he's pissing me off and we've not liked him on this show for years. Gabe Foley, who's a former St. Louis game time writer, uh, said the Blues do not know how to draft because they took too many left-handed defensemen. Fuck you. You don't know shit, son. Like, you're the way that that kind of take is taken is, so all six of these guys will be Blues defensemen in 2023-2024. Yeah, they won't, we they won't all trade them, move them how, at all. No. That's not how it works. These guys are get going to get traded. They know some of these guys are not going to pan out. Within even two years, these guys won't even be on the Blues depth chart, some of them. And guess what? One or two of them, if you're lucky – are going to hit and be blues defensemen in a couple of years. But for the most part, these guys won't be blues. And when they do, and if, you know, one or two of them do make the team, the the makeup of the team in, in a couple of years could be completely different. They may, they might actually need a left-handed defenseman or whatever. But, you know, like I said earlier in the show, Armstrong has said this and it just it just shows Degoya that he doesn't uh, pay attention necessarily to, or didn't hear Armstrong say this about how he handles uh, players that he drafts or draft picks. Everything is an asset to him. Uh, everything has value. There's some uh, different levels of different, uh, very amounts of value. So you know, if if he has a pick that he can deal, then for something he wants or a need, then he does. If he has any drafts, somebody the best player available probably at the time, and then uh, it becomes an asset. So if that if they have a surplus of that kind of an asset on the team, then he can deal it for a need that this team has or try to. So that that's the way it works. It's not like when you draft these guys. I mean, and people know this. I don't know why he said that. He knows this. He knows that that those players could very well be traded for something the Blues need. But why would you say yeah. that? Why would you assume that because these players are drafted, then up? Oh, Wow, now we got a bottleneck left-handed defenseman. You know, we're 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 screwed. We got five left-handed deal on the defense. You know, and and we're gonna it's gonna suck. <laughs> Blues have got they have got to right now trade Nick Letty and Marco Scandella because they're left-handed defensemen, and they just drafted too many left-handed defensemen. So they need be, to move them right now to make room for them. I think they need to move those two. For other reasons, <laughs> yes, I agree. But, <laughs> but it's, not, the left, the left hand making defense, fun of the sentiment. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> and I, I, I honestly, you know, and I said this to you, I think on on Twitter. Um, I would every single time give me the best player available over whether they shoot left or right handed. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go down a dozen spots as far as players and how how good we feel they are. On my on the uh, the draft chart on our draft chart, right? Just because he shoots a different uh, shoots right instead of left, I'm not going to do that. Why would I do that? Yep, that's silly. I agree. Uh, well, I will say um, uh, we'll we'll talk about the draft here as a whole very quickly before we get into the Blues picks. But uh, so first round was on Wednesday, uh, two through seven was today this morning on Thursday. Um, before the Blues made their pick, when they were coming up onto the stage. Um, 
I was shocked by the panel. I don't know if you guys watched it live or even watched it at all. Yeah, I watched, but I was I, shocked the background, by the panel when they were saying the Blues have to take a defenseman here. They yeah. have to take a defenseman well, because look at what the defense had they they did last year. They right. have got to pick a defenseman. And I'm like, whoever they pick here is – chances are they're not going to be on the team next year. You know this. Why are you saying they have to take a defenseman? They and have to fill time. And so, <laughs> no way should they have taken – if they were to take a defenseman, and again, I'm not a draft expert, but just knowing what I know, if they would have taken a defenseman, I would have been like, that's a mistake. Too much offensive right. firepower yeah. in the top 20. What are you doing? Right. And and so that was that was Brian Boucher, right? And he said that like five picks in a row. And he said, like, I'm not going defenseman. Right. He just he, I I love Brian Boucher as an in-game analyst, but maybe the you draft isn't his thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm 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 uh up and down on Boucher. Sometimes he's great. Sometimes he says the dumbest stuff. I don't. I don't yeah, know. Some, I, sometimes he's too much of a goalie. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I, actually, I hated Boucher when he first started doing games. I thought he was terrible, and he got a lot better. No, uh, it's. But, I, I, I appreciate it. appreciate him as an in-game analyst for ESPN. I think he's he he has come a long way um from you know even even during 2019 he was still a little rough around the edges but right now he's great and it, it just you know they they brought back you know the one thing that was that, that i'm grateful you know and chelios has left espn now yes but if they would have terrible. forced pk suvan and uh mark messier on us oh that would have been awful but uh, yeah. yeah, I I I think for the most part they they got the uh, you know um, they got things right with with who they had there. Um, definitely having Emily Kaplan as the you know the the one interviewing you know the GMs and the players after they got picked. Right, she's she's the right the right personality to be doing that. But uh, yeah, Boucher not so much. Give me even got on my nerves with yeah uh, with some of his. Oh, that's my boy. Like I heard that way too often. <laughs> yeah, I agree. He was pulling a Nick Cannon. Yeah. Every I don't know if you guys have ever seen what uh not wedding singer mass singer. Every time it's it's a mass and it's and it's a guy. It's my man, and I'm like, you're not best friends with Bob Saget. Shut up, man. I think he like, peaked. Same thing I mean, with Brian with uh with with Kevin Weeks. I was thinking the same thing. Like your boy, really? Have you ever even talked to this kid? I think Nick Cannon peaked in Drumline. That was his. I'm uh, not a Nick Cannon fan. I'm. Have you seen so. Drumline? No. No. It was it was enjoyable. Uh, he's in it, obviously. Drumline. I might watch it, but I cannot stand the man. It drives me crazy. Yeah, I, I, I I'm not a fan either. Um, I hate so Beaches Am's a great show. He's guest hosting because I guess Jamie Foxx is filming movies right now. And I, it's, man, I did not realize how much I appreciated Jamie Foxx until Nick Cannon took over that show. Whew. Anyway, totally <laughs> on a tangent there. Uh, so, yeah, I agree with you guys on the presentation. You know what I would have loved? Give me the TNT crew for the draft. Uh, I don't oh, care yeah. if they don't know yeah. shit yeah. about the draft. I would have loved to hear... Paul Bissonette interview those kids. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and just imagine like Wayne Gretzky 
being on the draft floor talking to talking to some of these kids. They would have been holy oh, shit. This, I'm talking to Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, right. Yeah, he he, he could set Connor Bedard back five years in his development. Yeah, right. I I actually think I think I actually think Gretzky would be a terrible guy to conduct an interview. He is not that kind of person. He is not a guy to lead an interview. That's that'd be right. weird for him. Yeah, you're right. But it would have been funny to see the reaction from kids. Yeah. Holy shit! I'm talking to Wayne Gretzky. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so big news out of the top three. Connor Bedard clearly goes first, so we hate him now. Fuck you, Connor Bedard. Bedard, I hope you have a terrible NHL career. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anaheim picks up Leo Carlson, which was a crazy move because everybody said Adam Fantilli was mm-hmm. far and away the number two pick. Uh, so they liked Leo Carlson. They took him. I will be very interested to see where this lands in five years because if yeah. Fantilli goes off and has a ridiculous career and Carlson's just eh, that'll be interesting to see how Ducks fans are handling it. It's going to be the Sam Bowie of the NHL draft. Yeah. Uh, did you see? Did you see Fantilli's? Uh, you know, he had the three piece going on. Yes. Did you see that? Oh my God! Every did you see that Kurt? Every one of his coaches. Uh, no. Um, everybody that helped him get there, he had his had their names stitched on his vest. That that gave me goosebumps, man. Yeah, that like is that was the coolest thing, and I am rooting for that kid so hard. That is incredible. Yeah. I just had a work meeting today where somebody asked me about you know because this is my background in my work meetings, and they asked me why I love hockey, and I actually told, well, I'm going to tell you a story about the draft last night. And just how appreciative, e- even me, a kid, a, a dude who never played professional, never did anything, even in juniors, nothing like that. But how appreciative I am of my parents, my coaches, the, the fucking 4 a.m. practices, the staying after games to talk with parents. Um, like, hockey players get it, man. We fucking get it. Kurt, I see what you're pulling up. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> go ahead is that is this really what you want to play go ahead Get... ah! <laughs> i love this oh my god this fits our show so well Podcasters it really does are not understanding this so kurt just pulled up a photo i thought it was a video i'm glad it's just a photo yeah i know it's of the debate we've had patrick stefan uh, uh uh stefan uh, with the puck, um, getting ready to put it in the empty net against the Oilers. And of course, he, yeah. yes, against the Oilers, and he misses it. So it's got Anaheim Ducks over Patrick Stefan and Adam <laughs> Fantilli for the empty net, <laughs> which he missed. <laughs> that is incredible. Please, I, please post that in our Slack channel. I, I will. I, I saw that. Uh, I saw that today, and I laughed. Oh, mm. that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, I I almost have to wonder because when, when I saw Leo Carlson, I'm like, kind of looks like Tamu Solani. Do, do they think they're drafting Tamu Solani again? <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I there's mean, a chance that the uh, Solani's his dad. Right. The guy is uber talented, right? And, right. It, you know, it, it may wind up being a, a, a smart pick for Pat Verbeek, right? He's he's still early on in his career and, and uh, definitely has a chance. Are you vaping? No. No, it's a 10. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I have this problem at work, too. I can't. 
I see a pen in front of me and I just have to hold it. And then it ends up going in my mouth, ends up going on the side of my head. Mm. I'm terrible. I'm putting it down. I'm not vaping anymore. All right. <laughs> I can't believe. Yeah, I'm vaping in the middle of the goddamn show, Bill. Come on. <laughs> I was wondering where we were. That's that's all. <laughs> Uh, so the Blues uh, made three. They made all three of their picks in the first round of the 2023 draft. First, they selected. Uh, at, well, I love what Stephen Ground of Two Guys One Cup calls him, Dollar Bill Dvorsky. Uh, <laughs> but it, I believe it's Dalibor uh, Dvorsky. Otto Stenberg at number 25, and then Theo Lindstein or is it Lindstein at number 29. Uh, I'll run through a couple of these very quickly. Uh, Dvorsky, he's a center. It's, he's 6'1", 201 pounds, uh, played for Sweden's AIK. He was ranked number three among European skaters. 13 points in seven games for Slovakia at the under-18 IHF World uh, Championships. Uh, from our friend of the show, these quotes that are coming, uh, they come from friend of the show Mike Morial uh, uh, of NHL.com. He says, Dvorsky has the size and skill to play in the middle, but also could find a home on the wing. Wherever he ends up, the Blues will be happy to have him. Dvorsky is a high IQ player with a really good shot that he doesn't need much room to get it off. Um, I will say, again, what, listen to that episode if you're interested in hearing more about Dvorsky. Uh, we had Morial on uh, about a month ago, and um, we, he gave great insight. Basically even said, there's no way he drops to the Blues. If he does, the Blues better take him. And, yeah, lo and behold, here we go. That's all I kept hearing from draft experts is, well, you know, no way this kid makes it to 9 or 10. The uh, did. Blues made the pick. I, From what I understand, excellent pick for the Blues. The Hockey News had him ranked at number 6 overall. So, pretty, pretty, pretty good. So then uh, the Blues took Otto Stenberg at number 25, uh, center, 5'11", 180 pounds for Sweden's for Lunda, captain for Team Sweden at the under-18s. Some scouts say his game mirror uh, Alexander Steen, who we will talk about in a little bit. Um, again, from Mike Boreal of NHL.com, Stenberg has leadership qualities in a tremendous two-way game, an offensively gifted player with quick hands and an accurate shot. Stenberg is a complete player with a strong work ethic and the ability to come up big in clutch situations. He's also versatile enough to play wing or center. So uh, Blues take two centers here. And I know I saw people after number 25 saying, why no defense? Uh, Blues drafted best available here. And from what I saw, draft experts said, actual draft experts said, these were the two Great first picks for the Blues. Nice. Uh, Central Scouting had him ranked uh, number sixth uh, in international skaters. So, not bad. Not not pretty 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 good. Pretty pretty good. <laughs> uh, and then Theo Lindstein is what I'm going to say. I hope I'm not butchering that. Uh, he is a defenseman at six one, 185 pounds. Played for Sweden's uh, Brinus. Uh, he compares his game to Miro Heiskanen. Um, and, uh, apparently all three of these guys are friends and have played at tournaments together. Um, I told you guys before the show, one of my favorite quotes from the draft came from, uh, the blues 25th pick in Otto Stenberg. So he was up on the podium being interviewed when Lindstein was picked. And, um, 
he basically uh, they said something like, you know, the, the guy interviewing was like, oh, so you got Dvorsky, you and then the Blues just picked uh, uh, your friend Theo Lindstein. He goes, oh, the Blues took Lindstein. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, that's great. Like, we're good friends. He's one of my best friends. And he's kind of going off and he, he starts talking about how they played at like the world championships and other teams together. And his quote was, we slept together for three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I instantly was reminded of the Vladimir Tarasenko. What's oh, yeah. a rub off means? <laughs> we we yeah. talked about that before the show. And then uh, I had seen that the uh, divorce, there was a video of Dvorsky, uh backstage walking by a TV. And someone, I think, pointed out to him uh, who the Blues were drafting. And it was uh, Stenberg. And uh, I, I think it was Stenberg. And he was like, it was stoked that uh, Stenberg was being drafted by the Blues. He was like, that is awesome. That is really, really cool. He, he was, it was, you could just tell he was so excited uh, that a, he's a good friend. Of, uh, Otto was, he goes, oh, I know Otto very well. You know, he's a good friend of his. So it was pretty cool. And also, yep. uh, Lindstein, Lindstein, Lindstein. Uh, but Central Scouting ranked him number 14th overall uh, from uh, in international scout uh, skaters. Yep. And so from what I saw with these first three picks, we'll we'll kind of breeze through the rest of the picks here too. But um I love the Dvorsky pick. Again, I'm not a draft expert, but from everything I saw from the people that I trust, which I have a very, very small contingent of people that consider themselves draft experts that I actually trust, one of them being Mike Morial of NHL.com. Um the Dvorsky pick was lights out. The yeah. right pick, like absolutely no question. They made the best player available a St. Louis blue. They were pretty high. Uh, one of the, I think it was the panel. One of the panels uh, uh, did. It was really high on the blues first round picks, all three of them. Um, and who was it uh, online? Uh, it's part of Jay Fresh's uh, site. Um, and he was mm-hmm. like ripping the blues picks. He said, I think it was Stenberg or Lindstein, one of the two. He said he had him ranked at 304th overall. Lindstein. It was Lindstein. Was it Lindstein? Had him ranked yeah. at 304th or 300 something. And uh, he was like, I don't understand this pick. <laughs> so he, he ranks him by a potential to be a star. Yes. And potential to be an NHL, an player. NHL player. Yes. And um, he apparently, he showed the metrics that he used. It was like a. 15 game sample size. Yeah. And it, it was, it was mostly offensive production. It was like offensive yeah. production, small sample size. And, it, and the sample size was him playing against much older people. Uh, yeah. So it was, it, it was weird. Yeah. Um, I, I saw and So uh, that same guy, he had Connor Bedard as number two. Oh, what's that? Yeah. He had Adam Fantilli as number one and Connor Bedard as number two. So the fact that he is the, and listen, he may be right. In 10 years, we might look back and say Adam Fantilli should have been the number one pick. But every single other person I have seen ever says there is no question Connor Bedard is a, uh, oh. a generational talent yeah. with Connor McDavid. Yeah. So when I'm seeing that from everyone else and I see one guy say, ah, oh, Connor Bedard's the second best player in this draft, I'm sorry, I'm not going to trust your judgment. Yeah. In 10 he- years. I might change my two. He was, but right now, absolutely not. He was pretty off the board with with a number of uh, picks. Actually, I think 
10 players that were picked in the top in the first round or something like that. He had picked like in the hundreds or something. It was, yeah, that was, it was, he was way off the, uh, off the board from everyone yeah. else. To me, it, it kind of feels like that, uh, the, the movie dogma, um, when, uh, they're talking about, um, great movies and, uh, you know, um, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, uh, they're, they're archangel characters. Um, and, Affleck's given Damon grief for um, picking, I can't even remember the name of the movie, uh, over E.T. And he said, time will tell, my friend. Time will tell. (laughs) And you know what? Five years from now, no one's going to even pull up his stuff. It's going to be lost. I think it's one of those those things where he's, you know, he gets like the hot take now that gets a lot of attention. But in five, six, seven years, whenever... You know, it's 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 bogus. Or even if it's you know if it comes true, no one's gonna pull that up. I mean, except uh, him. Enemy, except him. Except right. him. Right. Oh, if he's right, yeah, he'll be. All if he's right, him. yeah. But if he's wrong, no one's gonna remember. To right. Do that. Uh, so, enemy of the show, Gabe Foley, who we've already mentioned. Um, <laughs> somebody did pull up uh, his oh. his commentary on Jimmy Snuggerud when the Blues picked him, yeah, and he I said it that. was one of the worst picks of the first round. I saw that. And it's like, again, he might still be right. We'll see. Yeah. Well, but and, from yeah. all, from everything we've heard since then, yeah, he's he's a hit. Yes. So we'll see. Yeah. I, uh, what did he? Uh, he also said. No, I lost it. He, he said something about uh, one of the uh, Armstrong's trades being the worst ever. I forgot what it was. Oh, I can't remember what it was. No. I think it was a Scandella trade. It was like the uh, right when he made it, it was like, this is the, one of the worst moves Armstrong's ever made. And I was like, really? I mean, that's that's saying something because there's been a, a few really bad moves. He's had really some bad really moves. bad ones. He I has... mean, he's had a, some major hits too, but it's like to say it's the worst movie he's ever made. Come on, that's that's not yeah. true. That's not true at all. Um. Uh, Austin, I was going to invite Austin in. He's here, but man, I don't, what did he name himself there? What are you doing, man? Oh, Jesus Christ. What is it? You got to change that. What is wrong with you? It's a family show. <laughs> it is a family show. You can't show that. All right. I don't, I don't um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm blocking it. I can't, I'm, I can't even see it. There's a guy, uh, race fan, uh, rocks four. Big Eric Brewer it? fan. At least it's not the same guy who had McDavid fifth in the Hart Trophy voting. Yeah, that was – yeah, one guy voted him fifth in the Hart Trophy voting. One guy. Look who's here, folks. What's Austin up? Lynch has joined the show. What's up? Hey, What's buddy. Up? Oh, you yeah, know. Thanks, thanks for joining. Yeah. Okay, bye. All right. <laughs> 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 All right, so uh, later round picks for the Blues. We need a door uh, slamming sound. For this. Right, yeah. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Uh, in the third round, number 74, Blues took defenseman Quinton Burns. Uh, round three also, so two picks later via the Ottawa trade. Uh, via Ottawa trade. Where did that come from? Um, I don't remember. Uh, they took, uh, I'm going to butcher oh, some of these names. Fuck if I can find it. I don't know. <laughs> fuck, fuck <if> I... <laughs> Christ, Christ, I can't, I can't find, I can't, it. I can't find it. Hell of it. <laughs> you can't say goddamn on the air. 
I can't. Ah, who cares? Listening anyway. Nobody's listening. <laughs> uh, we're quoting a great movie. That's I all we had. One hit. Ago. That's all we had. One goddamn hit. One goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Um, now he's doing that little shimmy. Uh, all the women here in Cleveland hate it. Make some puke. Uh, all right, round three, seventy uh, sixth overall. Uh, Uraj Pek Pek. Oh boy, Pekarchik, Pechart, Pekarchik, Pekarchik, left wing. Uh, and then uh, fourth Pekarchik. round, num- number 106, uh, they took center Jakob Stansel. Uh, fifth round, number 138, they took defenseman Paul Fisher. Thank God. Round s- <laughs> yeah, right. can say. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. Uh, but now we're getting right back into the shit. Uh, round six, number 170, they took defenseman Matt Majic. And in the seventh round, number 202, they took right winger Nikita Sasuyev, uh, which I believe is he not the one that was um, uh, he played with Dvorsky, correct? No, that that was um, Stancil. Stancil. Stancil played with Dvorsky. Wait, no, 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 no. The one you couldn't pronounce, Pekarchik. Oh, it was Pekarchik. Pekarchik. Peckerchick. Peckerchick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. Denver killed her. Right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that one particularly. So, he was a third. He was the one that was third round, number 76. Uh, six foot one, 183-pound winger. Recorded 10 points in seven games alongside Dvorsky for Team Slovakia at the uh, under-18 World Championship. But they also took too many left-handed D, God damn it. Yeah. The, this yeah, bec- and because of that, uh, this season is ruined. Yep, I mean <laughs> the fact that you are going to have six eighteen-year-old defensemen—that's not the problem on this on this team for the Blues this year. The problem is that they're all left-handed. Yeah, because that's that's apparently how some people think. Talk about you, Gabe Foley. Sometimes you got it. You got two lefties and two righties on the same pairing. Sometimes. That's yeah, fucking it crazy. It happens. Why would you do that? Why because they're that? because because skill trumps uh, handedness sometimes. I don't agree with you. Anyway, any uh any overall thoughts uh that you guys want to get to with the draft uh, before we move on? Uh, I'd like to uh, thank David Poyle for his uh, four thousand years of service <laughs> and congratulate uh, the Vegas Golden Knights on winning the Stanley Cup. <laughs> and uh, also, uh, want to thank all the people at Tootsie's for their hospitality here in yes. Nashville. I, and and I, I, you know, it's it been funny. I mean, I guess I wouldn't have because I've just been labeled a big asshole. But um, to go up there and say I'd like to congratulate David Poyle on uh, uh, pulling the wool over uh, uh, owner's eyes for the past how many years it was it was a uh, GM in in Nashville twenty four twenty six what was it so. Uh, Wherever they came in the league. 26, I think. They came in 97, right? So it was like uh, 26 years. Um, yeah, 20, 26 years. I think I share with you the first, I was looking at his results. And I'm like, they were terrible. They were, they were, they were a bad team for a long time. Granted expansion, whatever. But like 10 years, he'd been there 10 years and had never won a playoff round. I think they went to yep. playoffs twice. Uh, never won a playoff round. Um, and, and then, and then the 11th year, they missed the playoffs entirely I mean, how, and finished last. How is he not, how is he not fired after 11 seasons and you're so dead if, last? 
if you were a GM, would you have gone on there and said, I'd like to uh, congratulate David Poyle on 26 years of meteorocracy here in <laughs> Nashville? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was like Poyle and Trotz were that franchise for 15 years, whatever, however long Trotz was there. I was like, God, he didn't win anything. I'm like, what are you guys doing over there? I mean, what happened to I, uh, giving a coach three or four or five years, and then if they don't win, move on to somebody else? They didn't do that at yeah, all. Yeah, I, I remember, like, 15 years in and reading Predators fans saying, are we ever going to fucking fire this idiot GM? <laughs> like, I think they they came around a little bit more towards the end of his tenure because they knew it was coming. But I remember talking to Predators fans and being like, why do we keep holding on to this guy? What the fuck are we doing? I remember saying that a long time ago, back when uh, when Trotz was still there. I was like, what is going on? I They yeah. just, they don't, I mean, they went to the final one time. Uh not under trots, you know, is under Poyle, and but that one time, and they've they I think they only made it out of the second round twice, uh, or made it, yeah, out of the second round twice, something like that. And I was like, golly, yeah, in in twenty four years, yikes. I mean, well, they they made the Stanley Cup final that one year, right, and that was it. That's yeah. the most success they've had. I mean, how many how many coaches did the Blues go through when they you know they were going to the playoffs but they weren't winning anything? How about yeah, right. in that time frame? Because, yeah, they, they had a couple years where they didn't make the playoffs, but how many coaches did they go through since the time the Predators have been here? There's a good trivia question. I could I could pull it up real quick here, actually. And the Blues had way more success in the playoffs than the Predators did in that time. Yeah. Um, oh, I was so pissed, too, when Nashville went to the final. I'm like, if they fucking win a cup before we do, after all that shit that they yeah. they were terrible, and they, oh, my God. Because yeah, wasn't yeah they didn't that that was uh, 2016 right that was when we lost to San Jose and then they beat San Jose in in the conference final and lost to Pittsburgh in the cup. So when did when did uh, Laviolette take over for uh, was it uh, 2000? Oh, what 13, the hell? 14? What just what happened? happened? Austin just came on screen and disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hit a button? No, I didn't hit anything, and now he's like totally off screen. So I can't was even it, see him. Was it 2014? They came. He came on board. 13. Uh, uh, I I don't know. Because they went. They went to the final in like what was it? 16. It was 16. I don't. Okay. I don't. That was like Lava that second year, third year, whatever. Okay. Yeah, whatever I don't matter. think Trotz was there. Okay. Trotz had already left. Yeah, I know he left Washington. He had left like two years prior. So okay. So. Uh, 97. Okay, so wait, Quinville then. So that hurts us. So I say one, two, three, four, five, six. We had six head coaches during uh, Trotz's tenure in that's, uh, Nashville. That's crazy. So, um, all right, let's move on. We're uh, we're running long here. Yes, yes. Uh, Alexander Steen has rejoined the Blues as a member of the Hockey Ops staff. And just a reminder to our Let's Go Blues radio audience, Alexander Steen did not make the uh, Blues all-time team for mm-hmm. us, which is fucking insane. So we'll see if he makes it as a reserve. But uh, just wanted to add that. Uh, hired as a European player development consultant. Uh, he'll be in town for the team's prospect camp which runs from July 1st to the 4th at Centene Community Ice Center. Uh, so make sure you check that out this weekend if you are in town. Uh, Steen will work to develop the Blues European prospects while also returning to St. Louis to assist with the team's development camps. I could see this parlaying into 
a possible assistant coaching job eventually. He seems like the type that the Blues want to keep around. So I could see that possibly happening, depending on if he wants to stay in North America or not. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, The Blues have also released their 2023-24 season schedule. Uh, open the, they're going to open the season on Thursday, October 12th in Dallas. Uh, home opener will be Saturday, October 14th against Seattle. Uh, Blues face off against central teams 26 times during the season. Four matchups against the Chicago Blackhawks, Colorado Avalanche, Minnesota Wild, Arizona Coyotes, Dallas Stars, and then only three matchups against uh, the Nashville Predators and Winnipeg Jets. I'm glad they did this because that means we'll get to see the San Jose Sharks and Anaheim Ducks and uh, the uh, uh, who's on our team we don't fucking care about seeing more. Calgary. Uh, Calgary. Calgary Flames. You know, I mean, let's take away from our Central Division matchups Vancouver. so we can see more teams that we don't give a shit about. Vancouver. No, 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 no. Vancouver. Vancouver. Yeah, I, crazy. I, I don't me... take away from Central. Take away from anywhere else in the NHL. We should be playing each Central Division team six times. Yeah, yeah, we should. If uh, it means stupid. even that, Three times? that some stupid. Eastern teams aren't coming here at all that season, I'm okay with it. As long as you rotate it and say, you know, let's say the Islanders, Rangers, uh, Penguins, and Flyers don't come here this season, but they'll come here next year. Like, why can't they do that? We've said this before central uh, matchups a hundred times. If you're going to have divisional playoffs, you 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 need more divisional games during the season to get a more accurate seating in the division. It's, it it's is stupid. criminal. It's stupid. Cr- criminal that they're playing the Nashville Predators three times. Three times. I know. They're driving distance. Is, I didn't look. Is there a is there a weekend game in Nashville? Let me guess. There's only one I game in look. Nashville. Yeah. There is um, one weekend game. It is a Saturday in really? April, I believe, and it's a yeah. seven p.m. seven p.m. game. Ooh. No, you know what though that that uh, that Saturday um, uh, one o'clock game or noon game, uh, whatever time it was that we went to, it was a Saturday. Uh, Bill, uh, that was great because the game was in the afternoon. Yeah. And yep. then I got out with like, we were done at like four or five right. o'clock, and we and then we had the entire evening on the strip. Right, we fun. could all go get COVID. <laughs> right, that's right. But we, it was uh, so. We had I, a but a similar thing. Be fine too, I guess. We had a similar thing. It was about it was about ten years ago. I went with some buddies, and uh, yeah, that was incredible. We got out on the strip at like four or five o'clock, and we were like, "All right, let's take it easy for a little bit. We'll go get some dinner, then we'll go back out." Now nah, we just partied all all day and all night. It was a great time. You know, it is, it is fun though to to day drink and get drunk and then go to a game, right, Bill? Oh yeah, yes. like, like in too. Columbus, like in Columbus. Yes. Oh, the World <laughs> Cup of Hockey, baby. Woo! That was so yeah. much. Yeah, we we got drunk before the game at a bar across the street, and then we went to the game, and oh my god, yeah, that sounds amazing. Stories. That was fun. So, so actually, um, Austin was incorrect. Our one Saturday game against Nashville is a home game, four p.m. in uh, on February seventeenth. And Austin is shaking his head. We don't. So our game in Nashville is not a Saturday. Um, no, it is not. Um, let's see. Uh, so we play them. T- 
wait, how was that? Friday, January 24th at 2 p.m.? How can that possibly Friday? be Friday? Friday? Oh, wait, no, 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 no. That's the day. Sorry, this is November. I was wrong. So it's the day after Thanksgiving. So 2 p.m. Oh. game, day after Thanksgiving. What? Bourbon County Friday. Oh, Black Friday. Yes. In, in that, Nashville. That'll be cool, but the no, one time they're playing in Nashville oh. is the day after Thanksgiving? No, that's a home game. What's the home? So what's the Nashville played, game? Okay. I'm trying to find, I'm trying Austin, says April, Austin says April, April 4th. 4th. It's a Thursday night, 7 p.m. Thursday, Thursday Austin. It's a Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, it's a Thursday. That Idiot. sucks. God, you're fucking, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Strike 17, Austin. Um, Thursday. No, shit, shit happens, but no, that's fine. Who's gonna Damn Who's it. gonna go out and party after a Thursday night game? Although you get hotels will be cheaper on a Thursday. Yeah. You know, uh, Wednesday night, Thursday night. Um, I could take off work. Maybe take off work. Take off Thursday and Friday. Hmm. Head down there Thursday morning. Might be better when it's not as crowded. Don't know. <sighs> I don't think. All right, gonna... you're. We'll think about it because I'm. I'm interested too. I. I told the wife this year we are going well, out of town for a Blues game. So well, we we talked about it last year, and we were. Yeah. Amy and I were all gung ho. We were ready to go, and then uh, yeah, Bill and I bailed. You guys bailed. I'm like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll we won't go. But it, right. And actually, uh, we waited too long to get hotels, and they were like really expensive. Actually, they were expensive from the get go. There was something else going on that weekend. Uh, it was expensive, much more expensive than before to uh, get a hotel there for some reason. So, how about uh, December 9th? We go to Chicago. Oh, is that a Saturday? Saturday game, December 9th. I miss the uh, day after Christmas uh, games against Chicago oh, every year. My Tradition. dad took me every single year to that game. That was his present to me. It would always be in my stocking every year. That was great. They don't even play the day after Christmas anymore. Uh, nope. Nobody does. No, the whole they, NHL's it's off. Contractual. Yeah. Austin yeah. says we play December twenty third. Right. What day of the week is that? It is a Saturday. Well, that's uh, that that does kind of bleed into my point here. So, Blues have a three game homestand during the holidays. Games against Chicago on the twenty third, Dallas on the twenty seventh, and Colorado on the 29th. So that's a nice little home stand there. Be nice right. to see Blues get a couple points out of that uh, home stand. Yeah, because they go right to Pittsburgh after back to back games after that Colorado game. I think I I think if the game is in Chicago, I'd rather choose December 9th just yeah. because. I would not want to do that that close to the, that close that, to Christmas. There's stuff, too much stuff going on. That yeah. is a major, major possibility. If you yeah. guys are interested, I can. Yeah. Think I can oh, what are tickets going to be this year at Bedard? Though that'll be expensive. Yeah, it's it'll it, it'll be it will be expensive, but you know by that time maybe the craze has died down a little bit. So yeah, about that. that that is you know the the one summer thing I did this year was my first trip to United Center. And it was not for a Blues Blackhawks game, but uh, for a Cure concert. Uh, it was a great show. I bet that was amazing. I was there. I was at the Internet Center twenty, like twenty three, twenty four years ago, twenty twenty five years ago, probably for a game, a New Year's Eve game. It sucked. They were yeah. the Hawks were terrible, and it, the Islanders were terrible, and they both played, and it was a one nothing Hawks win. Mm-hmm. It was a bit, it sucked. The Jocelyn Tebow with the shutout. Yeah, the Tyler Arneson era. Uh, 
It might have been a Tebow shutout. <laughs> yeah, I used to love Justin Tebow. I don't know why. I think I just liked his name. Tebow! Tebow! Uh, no. The Bolt. The Bolt. <laughs> right behind me, I in my case, I actually have the uh, Jocelyn Tebow, uh, Chicago Blackhawks, um, McFarlane with, with the water bottle. Oh, nice. Uh, Very cool. So. Very cool. But, uh, All right. Uh, other notes on the blue schedule. Stanley Cup champion Vegas visits St. Louis on December 6th and March 25th. Uh, for the second straight season, the Blues end the season in Dallas, uh, April 17th at 8.30. So they're getting the playoff uh, the, the, the playoff treatment already with their last game of the season. Yeah, wow. Uh, a trip to Vegas, too. That's, that's an option to watch a game. Uh, so, actually, I will be in Vegas um, at the end of September. They have their first preseason game. Uh, the week that I'm there, and I've already informed the the crew that we're going for a bachelor party. I've already informed them that I don't care what tickets are. I'm going because I want to see the arena. But I, I I am afraid with them winning the cup and that being their first game after their cup win, mm. preseason might be expensive. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully not. Uh, free agency starts what July first? Yeah, Saturday. 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 I don't think I'll be available for a show over the weekend, but um, depending um, on if there's any weird, massive craziness, maybe we do a show Monday or Tuesday. But I would assume we're going to do a show Wednesday. Yeah, I, I, I'll be out. Of, I'll be out of town until Monday evening. Won't do it Tuesday because so. of Fourth of July. That's a good yeah. Call. So yeah, I, maybe late Monday. I don't know. Know, Maybe we'll, see. we'll, we'll see. see. We'll play by ear. Um, yeah, I, I I'm busy Saturday. I I'm playing hockey Sunday, but man, if something gets crazy, I would skip hockey to do a show. But I would say plan on us doing a show Wednesday. Uh, if it, and the Blues don't do anything, to be honest, we may not even have a live show. We may just you know do one of our usual things or do a Blues reveal show. We'll see. Play it by ear. Doug, make us have a live show. That's what I'll say. That'd be fun. Yeah, you know, go get Connor McDavid or something. Go do something cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's that easy. Just do it. Yeah, it is. Just do it. Yeah, just do it. <laughs> just trade a defenseman, right? That's what we trade here. all yeah. of just your left-handed defenseman. defenseman. <laughs> <laughs> Every one of them. <laughs> he knows that's Ken Holland's weakness. This yes. is not how you draft. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> um <laughs> all right. Uh anything else? Any closing thoughts before we close up here, boys? No. <laughs> that was definitive. Uh yeah, I, I I mean, based on you know what we're reading about the guys the blues drafted, you know, uh every player has some nice things in their write up, right? So but you know, you're it, it's encouraging to to see what some uh, what some of these guys uh, are capable of possibly doing so. Uh, I'm I'm really curious to to fast forward a few years and see uh, what these guys can maybe do. Yep. Yeah, me too. I every again every expert I've seen, um, you know, said the Blues had a very good. I don't know much about they. I haven't seen much on the later rounds, but the first round, Blues I, apparently knocked it out of the park. I almost don't even care about what anybody says about. 
rounds four, five, six, seven. I don't, I don't, do not care because uh, it, it's it's it, it's a crapshoot. You know, people. We, I, we are we are not the late '90s, early 2000 Red Wings where we know we're going to get Pavel Datsuk <laughs> or Henrik Zetterberg, right? If they knew they were going to get those players and how good they were, they'd have drafted them sooner. I'll admit, I was listening nah. to the. Yeah, if they, because they said they knew they were that good. I've heard, I've heard the 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 interview, and I'm like, what? I read the interview. I'm like, if you guys knew they were as good as they actually were, you guys knew they were. You probably found somebody that was better than that what other teams thought they were, but you didn't know they were that good. Because if you did, no. you'd have drafted them a lot sooner. You wouldn't have let you them. Might have, for seven you rounds. might have known there's a better chance than the scouts are giving them, like the central scouting. That, oh. that they're going to make the NHL. They may have loved them. Not that they're going to be potential Hall of Famers. I'm not doubting they loved them, but I don't. I don't think they knew they were going to be that good. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, uh, but no, I I I'm happy with so far. I think the offseason has gone well. I'll admit, I was wanting the Blues to make to trade one of those three picks. I'm shocked. Uh, I'm shocked they didn't. I'm with you. I thought yeah, move one of those out with one of the larger contracts get somebody in return that's either a prospect or going to help you now. That didn't happen, but I'll say, reading what I've read about these three picks, nobody is like, that, except for that one idiot. Um, That was a huge reach. I haven't read anything like that. Um, They got a defenseman, which everybody said, from what I saw, again, the people that I trust, that they said, well, we thought he might have gone second round, but it's not a big deal that he went late first round. I mean, you think about it. Well, the Blues didn't have a second round pick either. So. Exactly. And he went 29th. That's only three picks away from being in the second round. So, you know, it's like when people say, I remember when Clem Costin was picked and somebody was like, I wouldn't have taken him until the second round. And it's like, he it, was the last yeah. pick of the first round. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> so. Anyway, I, I loved it. Um, I loved the Hayes trade. So far, so good for the Blues. Yeah. Pick your heads up, Blues fans. I, I think uh, so far the offseason has gone very well. Yeah, I just it, – it, it is it is a little a little uh, worrisome that nothing has been done with the defense yet. So, I mean, I, a lot, I mean there's a lot of time. Don't, I mean, there's free agency that's going to start and everything, so we'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, I – it, a little discouraging that something was tried to uh, have been done with the defense, but didn't work out. So I don't know. He's trying. We'll see. I mean, I'll say I, I think it was our friend Dan Riley, but I could be wrong. Might have been Kyle Foxton, but those two guys I do follow a lot on Twitter because they have they're funny and they also also offer great insight. Um, I did see somebody say, "Don't overreact of the moves now." Once October hits, then you grade the off season. That's exactly yeah. what I, yeah, that's what I always say too. I'm like, I think that's the way to go. I, I, people like, like right now saying, you know, predicting, you know, a point total for the blues. I'm like, how, why? You don't know what moves are going to be made. You have no idea what this team's going to look like exactly in, in, in October. Let's, let's, let's wait until training camp starts uh, and see how that goes and see who's on the roster and, and who the blues acquire, if anybody. Uh, you know, a couple of moves could make a, a big difference in people's opinions. So I don't know why people are, are like uh, digging in on how this team's going to be next season when you, you know, you, you don't, no one knows yet. Yep. 
All right, folks. I think we are at the end of the show here. Uh, support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by, uh, by the way, Austin, I want to let you know I will handle uh, closing. I've already got everything ready, so don't do anything. Uh, uh, support brought to you in part by ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on the health assessment of your DNA. Visit rockinthatidlife.com for more information. That's rockinthatidlife.com and get 10% off by emailing Dustin at rockinthatidlife at gmail.com and tell them Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Mike Burgoyne from Real Brokerage Realty. Visit strikewithmike.com today for all your home buying and selling needs. That's strikewithmike.com. And by Center Ice Brewery, St. Louis's tasty hockey-themed beer. Check out your local beer vendors for availability. That's Center Ice Brewery beer. Please drink responsibly. That will wrap up Episode 10 of Season 12 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Let's go, Blues Radio. Thanks for listening. Thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. For Kurt Price and Bill Day, as well as producer Austin, I'm Jeff Ponder, and this was Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone, let's go Blues. Let's go Blues. Let's go left-handed defenseman. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. <laughs> you thought I was going to say a son of a bitch, didn't you? <laughs>